Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1164, air date January 11th, interviewing uneducated people on both sides and the public is essentially being disenfranchised so there's this guy called uh what's his name patrick or patrick ben david um uh, back in i think 2020 he had wanted me or 2019 he wanted me to come talk uh down in um wherever he is and i wasn't really that interested he seemed like more of an opportunist um and i think he's built a pretty big opportunist <laughs> platform but I, I thought his interview with, uh, what's his face, Neil deGrace Tyson, uh, was not really that extraordinary. I mean, he didn't really ask him any interesting questions because the guy doesn't know any science. So you have two idiots essentially talking to each other. Uh, what's his name? Patrick Bet David doesn't know any science. And Neil deGrace Tyson doesn't know any science. And um, when I put out a tweet, as some of you may have seen, the tweet that I put out this morning I think I put it out yesterday, very late. I was in New York. And the tweet I put out was, uh, Neil deGrace Tyson, you claim everyone must be quote unquote vaccinated for the collective good, is ignorant. As an MIT PhD in systems biology, let me educate you on the immune system so your head may em emerge out of your anus. Your anus meaning uranus. So it was a play on words. Um, and then this guy, Patrick Bet David, and I said, you know, I'm sure Patrick Bet David would want to host this. Now, I think this guy, uh, is the one who's actually a pompous asshole. 
uh, and you can tell him I said that. He said, your approach is part of the problem. Both sides tend to come across arrogant, pompous, and not willing to budge. Well, Patrick Bedavid should have a serious scientist on, which doesn't create a climate to have healthy scientific debate. Both sides can be wrong and right at the same time. So clearly, Patrick Bedavid, if he's listening, is a complete idiot because he doesn't know anything about science. There is no wrong and right in science. There's either wrong or right. So this is the problem. We have We have way too many people who haven't put in their effort and their time and they, and they start calling people arrogant and pompous as a way to essentially uh, diminish those people who have actually put in the time to studying this stuff. And so I think Patrick, but David, I, I don't think I ever go on this guy's show because he's a moron. Neil deGrasse Tyson is also a moron. And what's interesting is many, many years ago, um, when I was uh, with a, a partner of mine who was in the Hollywood scene, I, I got invited to uh, Paul Allen's home in New York, the multi-billionaire who was um, Bill Gates's partner. But I think they had had a falling out at the time. And uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was there. And his, uh, I believe his wife was undergoing cancer therapy. And... Uh, we asked him, wow, are you exploring anything alternative? And his response was, no way. Like he would never do anything alternative. It had to be chemotherapy. So I knew right away this guy was very, very close-minded to anything um, at that time. So that was my one interaction with him. But everything I've seen about him, it seems it's more pomp and circumstance. Now, Patrick Bet David, I think, was upset because I did not want to go on a show because I felt that he was trying to essentially create a climate of just left and right at the time. This was when the pandemic was coming out and uh, he wanted me to be on there as a catch-all to have other people come in. And I wasn't really interested in sort of doing a Jerry Springer type thing with him. But anyway, what we really need to do to really support the movement for truth and freedom and health, which is what our movement's about, and people can go to truthfreedomhealth.com to learn more, is to really educate people on the immune system. So I'll tell you what happened in my journey here. As many of you know, um, I've been involved in science pretty much my whole life. Uh, at the age of 14, I began working as a 14-year-old research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School, doing some of the earliest research on sudden infant death syndrome. It was a pretty serious research. I'd gone to NYU the previous year, and I had my full-time job. This was at the time that I actually created the first email system. Uh, came to MIT and did a bunch of degrees at MIT in the field of uh, engineering, and uh, multiple degrees in engineering. But in 2003, something important happened in the world. There, there was a new field called systems biology, which I'll talk about. And that field really said that we need to start taking a systems approach to understanding everything in biology, which is what the ancient systems of medicine were about. Up until that point, most of biology was very, very fractured. And I'll come back and talk about that. So um, I'm just giving you sort of the overview. And uh, so I've been a serious scientist for many, many years. Um, when I saw the quote unquote vaccine debate take place, I noticed that there was a character called Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who'd been sitting on this movement for years, essentially collecting money. And uh, I didn't really, and I found out uh, as I got involved that he has a video where he says, I'm pro-vaccine, I'm emphatically pro-vaccine. And meanwhile, he's telling people he's anti-vax. And on top of it, he'd endorsed Hillary Clinton three times while she was all pro-vaccine and pro-Monsanto. So I found him pretty disingenuous. 
And a lot of people on this call and others at the time, a lot of wealthy women were giving him lots of money. And I said, wait a minute, something's wrong with this guy. And I had to do the dirty work of exposing his serious contradictions. And this was in early uh, 2020. And at that time in January of 2020 is when the pandemic had just come, the COVID uh, had just come to the United States and we had organized one of the largest protests in New Jersey, you guys can look at it, to mobilize mothers to militantly organize bottoms up to scare the shit out of the legislators in New Jersey. And we did a great job and we stopped that. Kennedy and Del Bigtree were running around telling me to be quiet, like they had to negotiate with the Democrats. So I saw all these guys essentially talking a big game, but at the end of the day, they've been sitting on this quote unquote medical free freedom movement for years. Uh, my background was not only as a scientist, but al also being a ground organizer since at the age of 17, an anti-war protest, pro-workers protest. And I was really, really taken aback by guys like Big Tree and, and uh, RFK Jr., who were just pomp and circumstance, top down, filing lawsuits all day, taking people's money, saying one thing and doing another. And the problem is a lot of people in this medical freedom movement had gotten into a habit of thinking the Kennedys, the Kennedys, the Kennedys, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby is always going to do something. And it just disgusted me because I used to be out in Hollywood and I'd done a movie on Mons uh, against Monsanto, which Kennedy was in. And I'd hung around these circles. And uh, what I'd realized was for many of these people uh, doing their shtick, be it quote unquote, being in some nonprofit fighting cancer, nonprofit uh, and some was basically our shtick. And you had serious contradictions. As many of you know, Kennedy at his own house in Malibu had a big event and then everyone had to be vaccinated. And then he blamed his wife. So I pretty much been fed up with these grifters on the left and the right on pro-vax, anti-vax. What is particularly disconcerting to me was in early 2020, a number of people on this call will know, uh, actually in early uh, late 2019, I was invited um, in by the National Science Foundation to give, they essentially choose one speaker every year. It's a pretty big honor to give what is known as the prestige lecture at one of the NSF centers. And I was invited to give a lecture on the modern science of the immune system, which I did to around 230 scientists and engineers and students at Purdue. It was one of the NSF centers. And uh, being recognized as one of the experts on the immune system. And in that talk, which I'll go over with you, I shared that it is completely ridiculous to propose one size fits all medicine. So I didn't take a pro vax, anti vax approach. I said that the immune system is very complex, that to say everyone should get vaccines didn't make any sense. In late 2019, early 2020, you remember, remember if you look back, that's when the COVID virus was coming to the United States. And as an activist, we organized these mass protests in New Jersey. All right. So that's a background. So I wanted to give you that context. And let's now sort of step into why I believe it's very important that all of you take a big breather. And if you want, take some notes. And I'll try to be as descriptive as possible to really understand what is the immune system. All right. And I can tell you very few people really know what the immune system is, which is unfortunate. And very few people, I think I'm probably the only guy who's been very dedicated to educating others about the immune system 
uh, definitely since 2019, because I feel without understanding the immune system, people are going to be bamboozled by the pro-vax big pharma jabbers, as well as the anti-vaxxers who make up all sorts of bullshit. And many of them are essentially telling you to give me money, give me money, give me money. And if you go back to 2020, in 2020, it was our movement that, and you can go look it up in March of 2020, we ran the hashtag fire Fauci campaign. I didn't see Robert Kennedy out there. I didn't see Robert Malone out there. I didn't see any of these guys out there. In fact, if you can just do some quick searches, you'll find out the only time they really started speaking against Fauci on COVID was in October of 2021, 18 months later, when by that time, Pfizer had already made $80 billion and hundreds of millions of doses were put out there. And in fact, Robert Malone has the gall, in fact, if you go to site to literally plagiarize my work on the limited hangout and this iceberg pedagogy, I came up to really discuss it. So what we see happening is there is a whole slew of people out there, Johnny come lately's, who are essentially, we believe, part of the intelligence network. First, they conceal the, the, the true issues. Then they do half-truths. And then about 18 months later, they talk about some stuff to basically win viewers and win people who are all about sucking people back up to the existing grifters, the master grifters. And, and none of them educate people on the immune system. Because when you really study system science, which is what our movement for truth, freedom, and health educates people, you go beyond left and right. You go beyond pro-vax, anti-vax. You don't talk about pro-mask, anti-mask. You really start wanting to understand what the real problem and the real issue is. And I'm going to give away the punchline. The punchline is, if you take a systems approach, you will understand that it is not about pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. It's about the right medicine for the right person at the right time. And this is called precision medicine, which has existed even by some very serious scientists who put, put it forward starting around 2003, 2004. And I'll go back to that data. I brought that data up. In ancient systems of medicine, this has existed for about 20, 30,000 years. The right medicine for the right person at the right time. And when you take a systems approach, you realize that one of the most important aspects of all systems is something called resilience. And you may want to write that word down, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-C-E, -E -E, resilience. Resilience is what determines the true strength of a system. If you take a building and you built the, let's say you built the Empire State Building or, the, or you know, different very large skyscrapers, and you built them not to have any sway, any type of flexibility. If a wind came, it didn't have any movement and it was just stiff, that building would break. Good structures in nature are able to take a stress and come back to their same position. That's called resilience. You, you, know, you pull a rubber band and it comes back to the same shape. This is what's called the system's property. So when we think about the system of the body, we want the body to be resilient. And in many, many areas of biological resilience training, they do something called stress inoculation. The military does this. They stress your body. You know, they put you through boot camp. So when you're in the physical, actual situation, your body can handle those stressors, all right? Um, the purpose of the immune system from the instant you're born is to be exposed to different external antigens 
and your body turns on its immune system in very powerful ways to protect itself. And we'll talk about that. But that is what we should be talking about. Instead, we have a bunch of, frankly, grifters, exploiters on both sides who've reduced everything to pro-vax, anti-vax. And as long as they do that, they're going to milk both sides. Big Pharma milks them and the other side milks them. So to me, they're both working for the same master. And in fact, if you do some research, you'll find out they actually do work for the same master. If you go to rfkexposed.com, you'll find a video where Robert F. Kennedy is boldly saying, I am pro-vaccine, I am emphatically pro-vaccine, and I vaccinated all my kids. And you'll find out that he endorsed Hillary Clinton three times. When I expose this, he had the nerve, and I think maybe this is how the Kennedys work, to say that I own a vaccine company, and I had to sue him, and the guy ran away never being served. So these are the kinds of people that are dominating these movements. And this is why we're in this situation that they waited. They didn't do shit in 2020. They waited until 2021 to start writing books about Fire Fauci, plagiarized from our work to make money off of it. So think about this. If you draw, drew a timeline starting in January 2020, you would see the work that our movement did, the Fire Fauci campaign hundreds of tweets, hundreds of videos exposing ta uh, Fauci in 2020. These guys come in 2021 writing books, Malone included. And then they make money off of that. So Big Pharma made money between 2020 to late 2021, billions, 80 billion. And then these guys come in later in 2021, confuse people that they are the fighters, and then they make money off their books. Meanwhile, they didn't do shit in 2020. And what do I mean they didn't do shit? Well, first of all, they didn't set the movement on the right footing because they're not interested in setting the movement on the right footing. And they don't know science. So we've had to do the work. So we have to go back now to what we did in 2019 and educate people again, because we're not going to let these grifters fuck up these movements anymore. So let's begin. What is the immune system? And I'm going to essentially verbally essentially share what we shared in 2019 and 2020 and so on. What is the immune system? The immune system needs to be understood from a system standpoint. So what is a system? A system is not just one component. A system is a network of interconnections across a set of systems, all right? And the more we understand those interconnections, we get a deeper understanding of what these systems are, okay? So the best analogy I can give you, a simple uh, parable I can give you is a story of the, that Buddha said of the king. A king brings in a big elephant into his court and he brings six blind men or people with blindfolds. The story is told in different ways, blind men or blindfolds. And each one of them touches different parts of that elephant. One touches the trunk, he thinks he's touching a snake. One touches a tail, he thinks it's a brush. One touches the tusk, he thinks it's a um, you know, spear. One runs into the elephant's uh, foot and he thinks it's an oak tree. One runs into the side of the elephant, thinks it's a wall. One touches the elephant's ears and he thinks it's a fan. So they all have a warped view of that whole system, which is the elephant. They all think, it's a snake and, or a fan, et cetera. So why do I bring this up? 
if you go back to biology, up until 2003, biology was fundamentally a reductionist science. What does reductionism mean? Reductionism is the opposite of the whole system. So if the elephant represents a whole system, reductionism is a blind man touching the parts, okay? So up until 2003, starting in sort of the, when biology really took off with the discovery of the DNA in the 1950s, between 1950 to 2003, for nearly um, 50, 60 years, biology was a reductionist science. It was like the blind man touching the parts. What were these parts that they were touching? Well, the parts that they were really touching during that period was what are called genes, G-E-N-E-S. What is a gene? So if you take your DNA and you unfurl it out, sections of that DNA spread across the different chromosomes denote a gene, particular section of base pairs. And that gene, it's called a gene because that gene will give rise to the tradition, the conventional definition of a gene gives rise to what's called a protein. And that protein, a gene codes for a protein, then that protein uh, serves some purpose. So for example, someone who has blue eyes and someone who has brown eyes, they have different genes. They have the same section of the genes, but they code in different ways, okay? So one guy gets a blue eye, one guy gets a, uh, a, a brown eye, okay? All right. So between 1950 to 2000, um, there was always a big emphasis on the thought that genes give rise to a disease. If you have this gene, you're definitely going to get this disease. All right. And you're going to see why this was reductionist. In 1993, what happened was science decided we need to map the entire human genome, which means imagine if you took a spreadsheet, we want to find in column one, what are all the genes? And for each row, there's a gene. And column two, which, what does that gene affect? Okay, oh, this section of the DNA affects your eye color. This section affects um, whether you're going to get diabetes. This section affects your hair color and so on. So in two, 1993, we knew, science knew that a, a little lowly worm, a simple worm, a nematode, had about 20,000 genes, two zero zero, zero, zero. Okay. Four zeros, 20,000 genes. So what the biologists thought were just beginning the genome project. So if you're 1993 and you knew a worm had 20,000 genes, um, the biologists thought, well, look at a human being. Human being is so much more complex. We're so much more smarter than a worm. We build bridges and buildings. We make computers and we drive cars around. Surely a human being must have at least about a million genes. And it was that target that they decided. So 1993, um, the approximation was that a human being must have about a million genes. So all the gene hunters across all the labs all over the world, Sanger Lab being one of them, which I've been to in England, um, put their gene hunters, um, you know, their army of gene hunters, and they said, "We're gonna, we got, we got to go find these one million genes." All right, so that started in 1993. Well, 1994 came, 1995 came, and they had to. They, they weren't finding a million. They said, "You know what? Maybe we only have a half a million." 
and then it went down to 100,000. As the genome project proceeded, the estimates, they weren't finding millions or hundreds of thousands of genes. Guess how many they found? By 2003, when the genome project ended, it was called the Human Genome Project, HGP, we discovered 20,000 genes. So human beings have the same number of quote-unquote parts, genes, as a worm does. And this was a profound shock to all these reductionist biologists. So biologists were shocked to understand that, whoa, we only have the same number of genes as a worm. And remember, a gene was defined as a piece of DNA which codes for a protein, all right? By the way, since then, people have redefined what a gene is. And we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end. I don't want to complicate it. But um, so we had the, only the same number of genes. So this led to a revolution in biology. It flipped biology on its head because up until that point, everyone was saying, wow, we got to find the gene for Alzheimer's. We got to find the gene for cystic fibrosis. We got to find the gene for, you know, autism and da, 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 da. What they found was that genes give rise through the translate transcription and translation process to something called proteins and these proteins and genes interact together in very complex molecular reactions they feed back on themselves so the reason that a worm is different than a human being is not because of the number of genes but it's because of the interconnections it's it, it is the interconnections that make human beings more complex than a worm, it's not the number of genes. And you gotta understand, most biologists are not engineers. Engineers understand this. If there are any engineers on this call or if anyone just listening, if I gave all of you 10 marbles, every one of you, and I gave you pieces of string, and I said, hey, connect these up together. Some people would just take every marble, connect it up like a choo-choo train one after the other. That would be not that complex, right? Every marble is connected at least to one other marble, some two. Some other people would take those 10 marbles and do a very complex interconnection. Imagine every marble connected to all the other nine marbles. You get a very, very big rat's maze or a very uh, different web, okay? Well, so you notice it's the number of interconnections that give rise to complexity. So these interconnections were known as molecular pathways. M-O-L-E-C-U-L-A-R pathways, molecular pathways. And what these molecular pathways revealed were in the human being, we had much more complex molecular pathways than a worm did. So in 2003, people said, shit, we got to map out these molecular pathways. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could convert those molecular pathways into mathematical models, because then we could start really understanding the entire body is a molecular system. We could understand cancer as a molecular system, Alzheimer's and the immune system and so on. And what was happening was throughout the world, biologists were working in their little fiefdoms doing little pieces of these little reactions. So in 2003, when I returned back to MIT, my advisor said, you know, Shiva, you should come back because you love biology. You got to you know, you have an electrical engineering degree from MIT, you got your mechanical engineering degree, you got your design, come back and do your degree in biological engineering because you're going to have the opportunity to integrate your love of systems and your love of medicine. 
some of you may know, I grew up in India where my grandmother was a traditional healer. I, I, I'd gotten to really love traditional systems of medicine, always wanted to be a doctor, uh, was uh, in one of the MD PhD programs left because I really hated the way medicine uh, looked at the body as you know, parts. But in 2003, I was very fascinated and I was running a company called Echo Mail. And I left Echo Mail as a CEO, got someone else to run it. And I came back to MIT at the age of 40 to do my PhD in this new field called systems biology. And the, the task I took on for my PhD was, could you mathematically model or create a platform to model complex, the entire human cell? And that was the development of a technology I created during those next four or five years called Cytosolve. Cytosolve, you can look up as a company. And what we have done now is we've created a very powerful technology to eliminate the need for animal testing to really understand why indigenous medicines work. You know, when I first started this, I thought the crazy pharma guys would wanna use this because most of their problems occur because they kill so many people in the early stages that they would, we could use it to help figure out toxicity, but I found out they really didn't wanna use it um, because they don't wanna know if their stuff doesn't work. So uh, for the last 16 years, we've uh, used Cytosol to really support indigenous medicines, uh, uh, supplement, understanding what really works. In fact, in the big vitamin world, there's also a lot of grifters who just put crap together. So Cytosolve is a very powerful technology which really bring, brings truth to both worlds, East and West. But part of my work in Cytosolve was to really step back and say, hey, can we look at the entire immune system? Okay, can we mathematically model the entire immune system? So, In 1915, if you go back, there was a model of the immune system. And that model of the immune system involved interconnecting two big boxes. So if you were to take a piece of paper right now, draw a little square on your left side and a little square on the right side, um, that's what in 1915, 1915. So what is that? That's almost it's more than what? Uh, it's about 100. And if I do my math, 108 years ago, right? 108 years ago. So over 108 years ago, the model of the immune system with these two interconnected boxes. What are these two boxes? Well, the left box was known as the innate immune system, I-N-N-A-T-E. And the right box was known as the adaptive immune system, A-D-A-P-T-I-V-E, okay? These were the two boxes that in 1915, they had come to the conclusion was the immune system. So what is the innate immune system? Well, the if, for example, if I sneeze on you right now, or, um, and you know, and I have, I'm carrying something, I'm carrying a bug, um, what would first happen is your innate immune system kicks in. And the innate immune system is, is composed of all sorts of very, very interesting characters. So think about, think about the innate immune system as a bunch of crazy Marines, okay? They're trained to just start shooting. If they hear anything in the dark, just start shooting at it, okay? They, they're not really specific. They just start shooting. They, guns are blazing. And so the innate immune system has all sorts of cells, different types of Marines, which know how to do this shooting. And the job of the innate immune system is to take down that bug right away by any means necessary. All right. That's the innate immune system. I-N-N-A-T-E. All right. 
And that innate immune system will do a process where once it finds and tries to eat up these criminals invading the body, will present some of those criminals to what is known as the adaptive immune system. The adaptive immune system is a very specific um, uh, aspect of your immune system. It's like almost like a sharpshooter. And the adaptive part of your immune system also has memory. It says, oh, that's this criminal from this country. And I will use this gun to take out that criminal. Okay? Very specific. And that specificity that it develops is known as antibodies, A-N-T-I-B-O-D-I-E-S, for the specific, quote-unquote, criminal, the specific antigen, A-N-T-I-G-E-N. That antigen could be a piece of a virus. It could be the surface of a bacteria. It could be pollen, whatever it is, okay? So the adaptive and the innate immune system, so you have the adaptive immune system on the right and the innate immune system on the left, and these innate and adaptive systems work together. So the innate immune system tries to throw out the antigen, the invader. The adaptive immune system figures out who that antigen is and builds a specific antibody to take out that antigen if that antigen ever enters your body again. And that is called an antibody. Okay. Now this, what I'm sharing with you, this two, number two, box model of the immune system was developed in 1915. And this 1915-1915 model of the immune system was the basis of creating modern vaccines. And just to give some credit where credit is due, because credit is very important, the concept of vaccines actually goes back to a much ancient technique that has existed in places like India and Africa and China, in Africa it was known as variolation, V-A-R-I-O-L-A-T-I-O-N. And variolation, and the ancients knew that if, hey, someone in the village got a bug, we're better off exposing everyone to that bug soon so we all don't, you know, go sick at different times because we all got to work in the fields and, you know, we got to keep things going. So, um, in Africa, for example, the variolation technique would be where you take your left forearm and you abrase it a little bit, and you would literally put the pus of the entire, let's say someone you know sneezed at, you would take that entire pus and you would put it up on, on them. You would make an abrasion so they got exposed to everything. In China, you can see some pictures where they would uh, take, let's say, the virus, they dry it and they shoot it up into people's nose. So people in the ancient world knew it's good to expose people uh, to, um, you know, to uh, spark the immune system to produce its own internal mechanisms. And you're going to realize not just antibodies. And that's what my, my research work has been on. It wasn't just about antibodies, okay? So, for example, in the Revolutionary War, it was a black slave from Africa who bought the technique of variolation to the troops and people had... Uh, gotten word that the British were going to sp uh, spread smallpox. So they used this variolation technique to take the entire sp smallpox, you know, um, and, and, and essentially use the variolation technique to all the soldiers. Some people, a few died, but most people got resilient, right? So this concept of exposing the body to 
exogenous agents, antigens, so you could beef up the immune system has been known for centuries. And then as that technique advanced, what happened in the modern world was they try to simulate nature instead of me like sneezing on you or having measles parties. You know, when I was growing up in India, when someone had chicken pox, we went over to the person's house. Okay. And you were exposed and that was the way you, you healed yourself or you, you created a resilient system. Well, over time as quote unquote, modern medicine got involved, they said, wow, why don't we just try to take the very specific antigen, leave out all the other stuff, put it into a needle and deliver it. Well, it wasn't really working. So they started adding other adjuvants and da, 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 da. And this was a creation of modern vaccines. But what they were trying to do is elicit this immune response. Okay. So that's where this comes from. But if you go to 1915, the understanding of the immune system was the innate and the adaptive. So they said, oh, if we want to kickstart the adaptive system, let's give a vaccine and it will bypass the innate immune system and we will have the adaptive immune system create this antibody. So that was the fundamental basis of vaccines. All right. Just to give you a heads up on this, um, in 1915, 1920, if you look back politically, was when massive movements were building throughout the world. Bottoms up, militant, revolutionary movements of everyday people. No Kennedys were involved. No Democrats were involved. No Republicans were involved. It's everyday working people like you and I recognizing that the establishment sucked and they needed to build bottoms up movements. And it was those bottoms up movements starting the late 1800s. In fact, in America, four workers were hanged for building the eight hour workers movement. And by the 1900s, these movements had built a very powerful bottoms up movements. And it was those bottoms up movements that scared the shit out of the elites in the 1900s, early 1900s, that stopped, uh, you know, child labor that resulted in infrastructure, highways, roads and in fact, by 1948, because of those movements for infrastructure, nearly 98% of measles was eradicated 15, 18 years before the measles vaccine came in 1963. But I just want to point this out. And we teach this, by the way, tomorrow evening, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Go to vashiva.com slash orientation. You know, we've built a bottoms up infrastructure and a movement that we educate people globally all over the world of why we must build an independent beyond these grifters, beyond the Democrats and Republicans bottoms up. But that's what those movements did. And it was those movements that delivered hygiene and healthcare long before these vaccines. And you can, and I'll st talk more about it, but so 1915s, 1900s were an important period, but you have to understand that the vaccine model comes as two box understanding of the immune system. Now, fast forward to 2019. In 2019, starting in 2003, I've been, uh, I've, I've written papers on the, uh, you know, all sorts of papers you can go read up in, in the leading journals in the world. And when I got invited by the National Science Foundation to give a lecture on the modern science of the immune system, what I had uncovered was the immune system is not just these two boxes, the innate and the adaptive. It includes many other boxes. My PhD work was on another big box, which itself contains many other boxes called the interferon system, I-N-T-E-R-F-E-R-O-N. The interferon system literally sits between 
the innate and the adaptive. And what does the interferon system do? Well, the interferon system does something fascinating. When you get hit with a bacteria, virus, whatever it is, your body not only turns on the innate system, but it also turns on this amazing interferon system, which actually turns on thousands of genes, which interferes with the impending virus, bacteria, whatever's coming in, all sorts of agents. And the interferon system modulates between the innate and the adaptive. That's only one subsystem. And I did my entire uh, big part portion of my PhD work on that. The other part that we also uncovered more recently was the microbiome and the virome. We have close to 350 trillion, 60 trillion viruses and bacteria respectively in our body. We only have 6 trillion cells. Your body is a walking jungle. 6 trillion human cells, about 60 trillion bacteria, about 380 trillion viruses. It's called the virome and the microbiome. And we know very little about these. They're in your gut. They're in every part of your body. You see, so that's another set of two other big boxes, the virome and the microbiome. And then you have the gut-brain axis. Your brain and your gut are interrelated through the gut-brain axis. So when you put it together, you get a much more complex, multi-part, interconnected view of the immune system. And that is what I presented at the National Science Foundation in 2019 at the Prestige Lecture. And in that room were some of the leading scientists, engineers in the world. And I said, look, when you look at this system, you realize that when they developed vaccines in 1915 or, or the entire vaccine model even today, it was all about give me antibodies, give me antibodies, give me antibodies. And if I got these antibodies, I'm in good shape. But look at what I'm just sharing with you. When you get hit with, when I sneeze on you, which I'm not going to do, um, but if I did, your body not only turns on the innate system, it turns on the interferon system. Yes, you get antibodies. Yes, you remodel genes. Your microbiome, your virome, your gut brain, all these systems turn on. You see? It's like an entire orchestra turns on. Imagine you going to an orchestra where you're supposed to have a 20-piece band, but all you hear is just the drums playing. Just visualize that. You went to see an orchestra and you're sitting there in the audience and the sax player is not playing, the piano player is not playing, the uh, um, marimba player is not playing. The only guy that's hitting it, and it's only the snare drum. So when we give a vaccine in that model, all we're looking for is just a snare drum to play, which is all about, oh, let me just get the antibodies. But the reality is the entire immune system is more of an orchestra of all these systems that need to turn on. The innate, the adaptive, the viral, the microbiome, all these things. All right? So that's very, very important to understand. And when you realize this, you realize, wow, the complexity of this immune system, and you start appreciating that each one of us is a very unique individual also. And therefore, if you are hit with an exogenous agent, whatever it is, how you support your immune system has to be a deeply personal decision. Just from a pure scientific basis, you understand your body. Maybe you do it with a healthcare practitioner and decisions need to be made for you. And in 2003, when the Genome Project ended and we realized the need for systems biology, guess what also developed? Something called precision and personalized medicine. You can look it up. And that is why I came back to MIT 
to do my work because Cytosol, the technology we built, is really the platform for precision and personalized medicine, which is the right medicine for the right person at the right time. In many ways, this is what ancient systems or medicine were about. When my grandmother in that small village, you came to her, she would look at your face, she would understand your body, and she would figure out what was right for you. For you. Even if two people had diabetes or two people had a cough, she wouldn't give the same medicine. Right medicine for the right person at the right time. That is what is known as precision and personalized medicine. So when I gave this talk on the immune system, everyone's like, yeah, of course, it would be ludicrous to say everyone should get, in fact, it would it'd be ludicrous to say everyone should eat the Ricola cough drop. Everyone should take, you know, a thousand uh, units of this or that, okay? But yet, the entire model of upregulating antibodies goes back to 1915, a two-box model, and it's made about, and it's made about, uh, it's made of just giving everyone the same medicine, regardless of your conditions. So that's one important piece that emerges out of the immune system. The other important piece that emerges out of this, which is also what the grifter vaxxers have not taught people at all, anti-vaxxers or the pro-vaxxers, either one. Both of them are on the same side, trust me, okay? Is they haven't taught people this fundamental issue. It is not a vaccine that kills, it is not a virus that kills you. It is not an antigen that kills you. Let me repeat that again, write this down. If an Ebola virus invades you or the coronavirus invades your body or whatever the antigen it is, whatever the, it is not that entity which quote unquote, harms or kills you. What is it? What is it? It is the specific reaction, how your body reacts to that exogenous agent. I'll repeat that again. It is how your body reacts. These different things that come into your body, they all like to go to a certain home. You know, um, the coronavirus likes to go to your lungs. It likes the, and it likes in your lungs is the epithelial tissue. The Ebola virus likes your, likes your endothelial cells. Polio likes to go into your spine. You know, herpes virus likes to go. All of these things are like, you know, they're like creatures. They like to go into certain places and hang out. Now, when they go to those particular cells, like the coronavirus going to your epithelial cells, how your body reacts will determine your state of health. Let me give you the analogy, which I've used many times, is that you're riding your car and you're riding the streets of South Boston and you hit a pothole and you have no shock absorbers. Well, your head is going to go up through your roof and you're going to hurt your neck. Okay. You don't have any shock absorbers. Well, what would you do? You would go put some shocks in your car and you drive over that uh, pothole and you get a nice smooth ride. Um, and depending on the kind of car you have, it, it has some adaptive or it has some active control systems and it gives you a beautiful smooth ride, okay? That is a res resilient system. It is those shock absorbers. Some of you have no shock absorbers. What are those shock absorbers? Well, those shock absorbers are your ability to take a hit and respond back. And there are different aspects of, your, of the immune system, the interferon system, your microbiome, the adaptive, the innate that I've gone through that can be beefed up, supported through stress inoculation, through resilience training, through nutrients. And none of this is discussed at all. It's pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-vax, anti-vax. 
give me money. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting. Uh, I'm against vaccines. I'm going to file this next lawsuit. Okay. And none of these people want to build movements. They just want you to give them money and find lawsuits, which they settle out of court and um, they grift all day. Okay. Scumbags. Okay. I, I really, really, and we'll talk more about this, why I have a serious problem with these grifters. I'm not talking about everyday people. I'm talking about these grifters and same with the big pharma jabbers. Okay. They always come too little too late and they always want to drag shit on. But anyway, what emerges out of the understanding of the immune system is first of all, the immune system is complex, but what really emerges is all the discussion that's taking place today about pro-vax or anti-vax is based on the 1915 understanding of the immune system. And you would think the data that we shared in 2019 and 2020, all of these quote unquote anti-vaxxers want to do, but no, they don't want to. Why? Because we're not part of any one of their little cliques. We're not, we're here to educate people about how you go beyond vax and anti-vax. And when we go beyond anti-vax and vax, we'll come down to the real issue. The real issue is boosting the immune system. And every one of us is unique. Let me give you an example how unique we are. Imagine if you were a really horrible parent, and I think this would be horrible, and you thought your child should never go meet any other children. You brought up your kid in a bubble. You insulated him from ever seeing other kids, kept him completely in a sterile environment. Let's take an extreme case, like the bubble boy, you brought him up on a bubble. That's one example. And now take the other example of a kid you know, I was growing up in Bombay, there were slums everywhere. And there were people who literally grew up in trash all day, okay? They're exposed to every bug, sewer, every sewer, rats, everything you can imagine. Well, you have two extremes. If the bubble boy met the kid who came out of the sewers, I'm sure the bubble boy would die instantaneously because his body wasn't trained to have any type of stress inoculation. Before you introduce that bubble boy to that sewer child, you would have to maybe slowly introduce certain antigens, very slowly, titrate them. You could quote, quote unquote, call that a quote unquote, a vaccine if you wanted to. But I would say that if you're going to have both of those children interact, that you would be a horrible parent to suddenly say, oh, I just start interacting, right? We have a world today where we have a lot of people with seriously fucked up immune systems who are 200, 300 pounds overweight, they don't get enough sun. They don't have enough catholicine antimicrobial proteins, which come from vitamin D. They're completely fucked up. And so in many ways, this quote unquote vaccine stuff is actually being created for all these immunocompromised people because they're so immunocompromised that they have to be titrated these exogenous antigens. You see, healthy people don't need them. Now in 2020, in March of 2020, again, our movement, Truth was the first one to call out Fauci because as a scientist, I knew this guy was a complete scumbag. I didn't see Robert Malone at all calling out Fauci as a scumbag on the COVID issue at all. I didn't see Robert Kennedy doing that. They waited, waited, waited because they don't know anything about science. We did it in 2020. We started the Fire Fauci campaign. We raised 150,000 signatures, drove down to Trump. I wrote the first protocol, a letter to Trump saying, Mr. Trump, do not shut down the entire world. And none of these grifters ever had the decency to share our work. 
They're all scumbags. And I use that word scientifically because they could have given us a megaphone when we had the science. You can go look at the letter that we wrote on ShivaForCenter.com. It's a letter to Trump, which says, Dear President Trump, this is in March, I believe, 6th of 2020. I said, Dear President Trump, do not shut down the economy. Take all the people who are truly immunocompromised, fine, quarantine them. Anyone who has other, you know, pre-existing conditions, give them high-dose vitamin A, vitamin D. And I put out a program, which Zelenko, by the way, copied. And then we said every other healthy person should work and they can take some prophylactic dosage of vitamin A, vitamin D, uh, zinc, quercetin. It was a whole protocol with uh, iodine. And why did I do that? Well, vitamin D, if you're dark like me and black person or, you know, uh, have melanin in your skin, you need vitamin D. And all these idiots were throwing people in homes and saying, don't go out and see the sun. That's how a lot of African-Americans died. But we said, you need to get the sun. And if you don't get the sun, take vitamin D3. Why? Vitamin D3 upregulates a protein called catholicidin antimicrobial protein, C-A-M-P-S. And I, I did 20 videos on this. I didn't see Robert Malone doing any of these videos or sharing these videos. I didn't see Robert Kennedy sharing these videos. I didn't see Tucker Carlson sharing these videos. But we saved a shitload of people's lives. And these bastards didn't do anything. And we said, look, vitamin D3, what it will do, and this is in 2020, March of 2020. We said, look, these things will, and we, and, and we, I did multiple videos. And just to give you an understanding, when I did the first video on the immune system, the same thing I'm sharing with you, I got a call from the White House, a senior economic official. He said, you know, Dr. Shiva, I just saw your video don't reveal my name. He goes, Trump is not listening to us. He's blindly following Fauci. Please doing videos. I, I used to do two to three videos a day. And you can go look at this in early 2020. None of these grifters shared our videos, not one of them. So we did a video on vitamin D3. I believe it got 20, uh, 50, 100 million views before YouTube took it down. And those videos told people how much dosage to take, why it was important. And I shared in beautiful diagrams mechanics. Then we said, take vitamin A. Why? Vitamin A protects the outer walls of your cells. It's like wearing a jacket. Where does vitamin A come? Well, if, you're, if your thyroid is working properly, you eat the leafy greens and the purple fruits, your body will convert vitamin A. But if it doesn't, take vitamin A and also take iodine. And we gave a protocol for that. And we said, if you are in critical condition in the ICU, please take 100 milligrams titrated over 24 hours of vitamin C. We laid out a freaking protocol. None of these grifters did anything. By the way, Robert Malone, if he's listening, he literally plagiarized the limited hangout work and the work I did. And he thinks he can steal people's stuff and act as though he's a big macho guy on the street. The fucking guy was nowhere to be found when we were doing this stuff. He wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to be the guy who's on the big pharma side. And later on, he's against big pharma. Get the fuck out of the way. And all these guys with their big megaphones, be it Charlie Kirk, be it Thomas Massey, be it Dinesh D'Souza, all of these people never amplified the work we were doing. And we drove down, and you can go look at all, it's all up there. The great thing is it's all recorded. Hundreds of millions of people saw our videos. We saved millions of people's lives. Had these grifters done anything, we would have saved more. But we did videos on vitamin D3, on quercetin, on zinc, over and over and over again.
was a thankless job while running for U.S. Senate and while exposing the domestic censorship infrastructure, which we did in our 2020 lawsuit, which none of these guys want to talk about and they're concealing. Many of you know it was our lawsuit in 2020 when I ran for U.S. Senate. We first found the election fraud. We found out that there's a back-end portal to Twitter in our historic 2020 lawsuit, which now the Twitter files grifters are talking about. Too little, too late. They're grifting, man. And they're taking everyone for a ride, acting as though they're fighting. These guys are fake fighters. We did lots of videos explaining the immune system, how you strengthen the immune system. We wrote to Trump. In fact, we drove down to the White House with those 120,000 signatures. Marla Maples contacted me and we delivered all this. Trump did nothing. It was Donald Trump who created CISA and Republicans and Democrats created the domestic censorship infrastructure. And it is Dem Democrats and Republicans today who act like they're on opposite sides who are going to legalize that domestic censorship infrastructure retroactively that we discovered. And we'll, and, and we'll talk about that during the question and answer. But right now, all of these grifters are not talking about the fundamental issue. The fundamental issue is about resilience and it's beyond vax and anti-vax. It's about strengthening people's immune systems. And that is where the discourse must go. And that discourse leads to something beyond vax and anti-vax. It leads to real discussions about public health. What is public health? Public health is good food is not Monsanto injected foods. By the way, Hillary Clinton is the queen of Monsanto who Robert Kennedy endorsed three times. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. I'm sorry, Bobby's full of shit. Go to rfkexposed.com and you'll see what full of shit Robert Kennedy's about. His whole family is institutionalized, not so obvious establishment. Only they can be the leaders of movements. And these not so obvious establishment people actively suppress independent, bottoms-up people like our movement. It is a movement for truth, freedom, and health, which exposed first the issue with the immune system and Fauci. It is our movement which exposed the government censorship infrastructure. It is our movement which exposed the real election systems issues. So what you see occurring, whether you look at the immune system or election systems or the censorship system is, the truth comes out when you take the systems approach. So what is the truth about the immune system? We have to go beyond vax or anti-vax. We have to go to the fundamental understanding about boosting the immune system. What is the fundamental issue about the censorship system? There is a backdoor portal to Twitter and freaking Elon Musk has not taken it down. I was deplatformed on February 1st, 2021 for exposing that platform. Tucker Carlson did shit. Glenn Greenwald did shit. The ACLU did any, nothing. When we talked about this in 2020, 2021. These people are bastards. They now talk about it. And let me make the final assertion. The people who are grifters work in the, and they're part of the intelligence agencies. First, they concealed the truth. They concealed all of our work on Fauci in 2020. They concealed all of our work on the domestic censorship infrastructure in 2020. They concealed all of our work on the real election systems issues in 2020. Then in 2022, they suddenly gave you half-truths, like The Intercept, like Tucker Carlson. And this is, by the way, an intelligence network. It's called The Limited Hangout. And I did it with a beautiful iceberg, which the same diagram, the pedagogy, Robert Malone, is literally plagiarized. 
acting as though he came up with it. Scumbag. And then the third thing we exposed was there are real issues with election systems, and they don't have to do with China hitting our systems. They have to do a chain of custody and signature verification. Mike Lindell, nice fellow, he made it all about selling pillows. So the grifters come in to hide the real issues, and we divide the world into left and right, pro-vax, anti-vax, and everyone's killing each other, fighting against each other. So when it comes to the immune system, it is not about pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. Don't get lost in that. Stop giving one penny to Children's Health Defense Fund. The Kennedys don't need your money. Start understanding system science. We need to build a bottoms-up movement. It goes beyond left and right. And what you will understand is we need to boost the immune system. That is a real issue. The immune system is a very resilient system. With the right fuel, you can boost it. And every one of us is unique. You have to figure out what's the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Censorship system. Until Elon Musk and all these fools, Taibi, they can talk all the bullshit they want. We discovered the real issue. Government has a back-end portal to Twitter and to Facebook. Our lawsuit exposed that. None of them want to talk about our lawsuit. You know why? Because we're an independent movement. We'll get all the views. We'll get all the hits. And Tucker Carlson, with his bullshit face that he puts on, will become irrelevant. They actively conceal our lawsuit. They're actively concealing this backdoor portal. Why are they concealing it? Here's my prediction. Elizabeth Warren and Lindsey Graham are getting together. And Biden just did an op-ed in the, in the Wall Street Journal. They are going to retroactively legalize these back-end portals. And Democrat and Republican are going to fuck every American. That's what they're going to do. That's why they're not discussing our lawsuit, because it exposes fundamental. Everyone here should ask one question. Why is Elon Musk on December 3rd, he was asked on a Twitter space, hey, Dr. Shiva's lawsuit exposed the back-end government portal. Are you going to shut it down? He said, oh, that sounds like Big Brother. Let me look into it. Well, that's been over a month, Elon. Where Elon Musk begins and where government ends, nobody knows. Elon Musk, $6 billion, SpaceX government. Tesla would not exist without government subsidies. You can put him and Greta Thornburg on the same stage. They're both into this carbon tax bullshit. And Twitter cannot exist without Section 230 immunity. If Section 230 was removed, Twitter's valuation would be that of the New York Times around you know, $10 billion, not $50 billion. You're all being lied to. And these grifters actively conceal our movement's work. Actively, actively, actively. Because we're, we don't owe any of them anything. We don't owe Trump anything. We've exposed Trump. We've had to. I put out a lot of lawn signs for him. You talked a good, good game. We've exposed Fauci. But we did it at the right time. Alan McDonald, one of my great heroes, who was a guy who would not sign off on the launch of the space shuttle, it's, he said the most important thing, real leaders say the right thing at the right time and take action at the right time. Where was Robert Kennedy exposing Fauci in 2020? The bastard was nowhere to be found. He comes in 2021, steals our stuff, writes a book called real, The Real Fauci, files idiotic lawsuits all day, and grifts all day, takes people's money. Mike Lindell, nice guy. 
He fucked up the entire election integrity stuff, made it all about selling pillows. There are still fundamental issues. And Elon Musk is a big time grifter. He will not talk about the backdoor portal to government. I hope you guys are getting this. When you take a systems approach, you get to the real issue and we start uniting ourselves beyond left and right. And that's what we need to do. My life's journey has been about understanding systems of medicine. I've been an activist. This is not something new to me. You know, you can see me burning. Uh, I, I see Stephen Kravis here. I've known Stephen. I haven't seen Stephen in what, 1980, Stephen, 1990? You know, you'll see a picture of me burning the South African flag on the steps of MIT after I led a protest of 5,000 people. You're, you're looking at someone who's a scientist, who loves Eastern Western medicine, and who knows how to build movements and values working people. All these grifters don't give a fuck about you. Stop following them, and we need to build a movement. And to do that, we integrated system science, we integrated political movement understanding into truth, freedom, health. Tomorrow, you know, I don't want to uh, get into that tomorrow, we have an orientation. And what we want to do is make all of you become your own gurus. Each one of you should learn the science of systems. Each one of you should become leaders, not followers. And stop looking up to these morons who are always Johnny-come-latelys and who actively suppress our movement, which is a real movement that has put its butt out on the line and called stuff out and educated people scientifically. So when it comes to this entire vax, anti-vax, it's bullshit. Let's focus on building people's immune system. Because if we did that, we would start talking about the obesity rates. We'd start talking about Monsanto. We'd start talking about all the fundamental issues. We'd start asking Robert Kennedy, what the fuck are you doing endorsing Hillary Clinton three times? We'd start not, we'd ask him, why did you have a uh, Bobby, a big event at your home and everyone had to be vaccinated? Yeah, you tell people, you're an anti-vaxxer. It's like, what, you think we're all stupid? We're all little peasants? And you, one rule for you, another rule for us? And it's time, ladies and gentlemen, that all of you started having some self-dignity, having some self-respect, and started learning the science of systems. And we built a bottoms-up movement like took place in the late, late 1800s and 1900s. And that's what I'm about. We're about always telling the truth, going down to the essence of it. And you can also do that if you understand the science of systems. But if you don't, you're gonna be caught in the echo chamber shit show, which is what the world, which is what the United States has become. And do not trust Matt Gates or Lauren Boebert or AOC or Bernie Sanders. They're all the fringe wingtip elements. We're all talking a bunch of shit, but at the end of the day, they're gonna fuck working people. So there you go. I will take, questions uh from people i'm gonna learn how to do that um so we have uh what i'd like to do is um i'm gonna give people you know so as you're getting ready i would i want you to organize your thoughts uh, or your comments into no more than a minute uh, otherwise i will cut you off just to be follow some robert's rules of orders here so if you have a comment you'd like to make i think um i should be able to 
understand how this works and select you. Um, okay, so I'm gonna take a comment from Ms. Moody. Go ahead, Ms. Moody, do you have a comment? Hello? Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, hi, Ms. Moody. What is your comment? If you could, or comment or your question, if you could take one minute. Go ahead. Well, I have just one question for you. I think that you're correct in everything that you're saying, to be honest. Um, I had two sons unvaccinated, both got COVID, both extremely different uh, symptoms that were over in three days. I never caught it. My other son had it again. I still didn't catch it. And I'm very curious to, if my diet is not even that great, what is it about the system that was able to fight it and not even catch it? Yeah, so yeah. So, how old were your kids? Uh, one's 21 and the other one was 18. Yeah. And and how old are you? Um, you don't have to tell your age approximately. Oh, it's fine. I'm 44. Okay. So, and where did your kids grow up? Um, Australia. Well, they did. Okay. So just, first of all, look, the, the immune system is very complex. Okay. So remember I said, there's this multi-box model. It's not just innate and adaptive. We are just beginning to scratch the surface of understanding the microbiome in our gut. You know, we just finished a major research project. You know, I still work as a full-time scientist. We just mapped out with one of our colleagues over at BU. Um, the molecular mechanisms of all the mouth microbiome, you know, your, your mouth, um, when kids and, and, you know, the mouth, uh, your oral microbiome is very, very important because if your, your mouth is literally the gateway to pretty much every disease. So, you know, kids as they're developing, you know, and what you eat affects your mouth microbiome very differently, which affects your gut microbiome. And, you know, at BU and Harvard, they just mapped out the 700 microbiome in the mouth. And people are starting to do this in the gut. I mean, when you think about this, we know so little. It's like uh, Star Trek. You know, when you're going into, you know, where Captain Kirk says, you know, you know, we go into the unknown, right? Or boldly. That's uh, right. Right? So we know so little. So, but what we do know is this. We do know that human beings have survived all sorts of shit, right? For millennia. And we exist because we have these resilient immune systems. So we're not like weaklings. And we do know that one of the most powerful things is the catholicidin antimicrobial proteins. What are those? Those are these invariant proteins that have existed for billions of years, which is what vitamin D does. You know, that's why many, many cultures, uh, you know, praise the sun gods, right? Sun. So what you do actively, what your sons do is very different, right? They got COVID, exactly. You didn't get it, right? Your well, I smoke and I also drink a lot of coffee. So everyone was like, "You're going to catch it. You're going to catch it," and yeah, I yeah. didn't. So we don't know, but do you? Uh, how is? Let me just ask you a question. So it's just, do you have a lot of friends? Are you more social? Do you laugh a lot um, in the community? Not really. Uh huh. The reason I ask that is. The number one reason they found people live long has nothing to do with smoking, drinking, partying. It has to do with, do they have friends? Number one reason. Second reason was all of them drank a little bit of alcohol, locally made. Third reason was they worked out. Food wasn't even on the list, by the way. 
Um, and this is a lot of longevity research. So we know very, very little about the body, but we do know that our bodies can be very resilient and we're all unique. You, you see? So telling one group of people to go get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine, that, you know, it has to be a personal decision because of the complexity of the immune system. But thank you for sharing. Um, I just have one quick thing. Yeah. My son, so two sons, one of them had a lot, like for about five days, the oldest one. Mm -hmm. and my younger one has Gilbert's disease. And on research, it claims, I don't know if it's correct, but the binding agent in Gilbert recognized COVID and was able to fight it. And oh, he was better a lot faster. Yeah, cool. Yeah, look, there's all sorts of stuff going on here, right? Um, but we do know that there are certain nutrients, there's foundational nutrients because of the fact we all have sun and uh, the thyroid, that you can support that, you know? So um, I would go back to these big building blocks, sun, um, you know, vitamin A, uh, the zinc, the, uh, the, you know, the skin of grapes. I mean, the skin of the queer system. I mean, there's like five, six building blocks. We put it up on our site, you know? And after that, people have to build an understanding of their own bodies. You know, Hippocrates said, he who does not become his own doctor is a fool. So um, one of the tools at some point I'll talk about tomorrow, I created a tool called your body, your system. When I finished my PhD in 2007, I went back to India for three years and I really wanted to unravel these ancient systems of medicine. What I found was in engineering systems theory, there are, uh, nine principles that you study as an engineer. Well, those same nine principles show up in the science of Ayurveda and Siddha. So it turns out these ancient systems of yoga and meditation are really engineering systems. And what it leads to is recognizing that everybody's a unique system, but there are some fundamental principles. So I created a tool, which we give away. You guys should come tomorrow. It's called Your Body, Your System. But you can actually start getting back into intuition and you realize everyone is different. There is no one diet at all. So what works for you, Ms. Moody, will not work for your children. And we all have to take our journeys to go experiment, play around, and we all, over time, will figure out what's right for each one of us. And there's some principles, but thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um, I'm going to remove you from speakers. I think that's what I do. Okay. I remove speaker, remain in space. Yes. Okay. So let me take, go to the next person. Uh, we have Christine Farah. So Christine, let me see if I can do this right. I select you. Go ahead, Christine. How are you? Christine, can you um, consolidate your thing to a minute and 30 or, uh, or your comment? Go ahead, Christine. Hi, Christine. So sorry, Christine? my mic was off. I'm here. Oh, no worries. Go ahead. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. First of all, thank you for doing this. So excited to hear that you were hosting a, a space. Um, Quick question for you. So a uh, little example here. So my, my kids are not, they, did, they were not given the mRNA, neither one, two boost, nothing. Every day I'm hearing about people having reactions and sudden death. And these are people that I know personally, or I should say friends of people that I know personally, breaks my heart, literally and figuratively. Um, so my daughter had a very interesting, what I think may be a reaction. So when schools finally opened and she went back to college, um, so we've always had sensitivities. Uh, you know, my daughter was like lactose intolerant, da -da -da -da, uh, all that jazz. And, you know, as, as a newborn, feeding was 
quite a challenge. We had to get off formulas and go back to go to real food at a very early age, as opposed to waiting for the three, four months, et cetera, because she wasn't tolerating any of the formulas. Well, my daughter had a very interesting reaction. Her immune system went completely haywire when she went back to college and no one could figure out why. She was reacting to absolutely everything. She, her throat was closing. She was breaking out in hives. She's on prednisone. She couldn't get off the prednisone. 50 million things going on. We finally took a trip to Europe, went to London, and luckily she was able to eat normal food. So the moral of the story was she ended up, we ended up testing and for other things and she has sensitivities to additives and preservatives and all of that jazz, which is so perfect, so pervasive in our food supply. Um, so we're very back to basics, everything organic. But my quick question is, do you think the fact that she did not have any of these vaccines and then going into an environment where basically maybe 95% of those children were vaccinated had an effect on her immune system um, and being exposed to the to that mRNA vaccine when she had not been before? Do you think that could be something in the equation that caused her system to go haywire? Well, yeah. So, Christine, so let's sort of just from a I mean, look, um, I, I'm not going to give medical advice, right? But I'm going to give you a systems analysis, right? right as, with minimal information. Right. Your daughter it appears has always had some type of compromised immune system, right. in my view. Okay. Right. Because she has always reacts to different things, mm -hmm. right? Right. And, and that, you know, has its own archaeology mm. that can be done, right? How did it get to that point, right? Mm. And that archaeology could be, was she, uh, let me give you an example, okay? Uh, they did an interesting Finnish study with um kids and they looked at ear infections right mm -hmm. so they took three sets of families uh, a set of family where they had dogs who were indoor dogs and like poodles who just stayed inside never went mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. another set of family of dogs who went in and out bringing all sorts of dust like mm -hmm. my two dogs do right mm -hmm. and the third group had no pets at all Mm. Out of all those three groups, which group do you think had the least amount of ear infections among these kids between the age of before pregnancy, right? And the kid mm. is in the mother's womb all the way to around 12 years old. Mm. Probably the one that had the more natural behaving dog that was in and out. In and out, yeah. Set by 70% less, okay? Mm. Oh, okay. Okay, quite profound, okay? Mm. Uh, many years ago, a, a wacky friend of mine at MIT he hooked up with a one of the leading pulmonologists at Mass General, and they found out that they could reduce uh, childhood asthma by nearly 50% by exposing kids to seven antigens, which were basically dirt. And what mm -hmm. he did was he patented those antigens and he created a company called Baby Boost where they would sprinkle these on, um, on stuffed animals, right? Mm -hmm. Basically mm -hmm. dirt, okay? Yeah. yeah. Dirt. yeah. So we live in a world right now where the the body has a certain immune plasticity, it's called. Mm. Particularly young, the body has to be turned on, okay? For right. example, the body is looking to be, particularly when kids are young, in the zero to, in fact, it starts in the mother's womb, be it uh, entertained by, you know, having people around so the brain develops, right? Being right. exposed to all sorts of dust and particles, right? Mm. And when that does not take place you compromise development mm -hmm. um the so for example the paper that in fact in 2019 we did a, the first mask conference where we showed that when you put the mask on young kids it does many horrible things oh, of course it raises the temperature of the body which has an inverse effect on the ph 
which right. affects the mi mouth microbiome. Now, if you have kids between the age of, you know, two through eight, that's when the mouth microbiome is just building. It's right. setting in and you right. can affect their entire trajectory for their entire life. Right. So I think the broader question we need to ask is how are we bringing up our kids in these totally freaking, what we call these, uh, sanitized worlds, right? Mm -hmm. And so right there, we're compromising the kid's immune system. So right. in many ways, we're, we're creating a feeder. So we're, we're bringing up people in these very unnatural worlds, and we're creating a world where they're going to need unnatural, um, unnatural uh, immune boosters, quote unquote, vaccines. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're, we're compromising people's immune system to create these compromised solutions, which right. we call quote unquote vaccines. So right. you could argue it's a cradle to life model, which is what the right. consumer packaged goods companies call. Right. So we're going to compromise kids' immune system. And then we're going to have to give them quote unquote vaccines right. because they're so compromised. We have to right. titrate this to them, this to them, this to them, because if we give right. them the whole thing, they're going to freak out. Right. So right. I think that's what we need to have the big discourse about. Sure. What are we doing to, because this little vax, anti-vax, it's mm. bullshit. It's like the blind yeah. man and, and the people are just grifting on it. Oh, I agree with you. That's the one thing nobody wants to hear is that there's a happy medium and every person needs to make an informed decision. We never had informed consent on an emergency youth authorization vaccine, which is not an approved vaccine. And that has, so my second question would be is how do we hold people accountable for what has been done to the U.S. by forcing, you know, an EUA on the entire world, making it mandatory and well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how we do it, Christine. Mm -hmm. In January 6th of 2020, go to my Facebook page. You will see that we drove down, and I'm originally from New Jersey. We mobilized 5,000, and you can talk to the women, and mm -hmm. we built a militant fucking movement, scared the shit out of those legislators. Robert mm -hmm. Kennedy drove in in his fucking SUV mm -hmm. and criticized me. He goes, oh, uh, we need to negotiate with the Democrats. Fuck you. Yeah. And we stopped that vaccine. It's got to be bottoms up movements. Bottoms yeah. up movements, not people coming top down telling us how to build our movements. In fact, right. many of these anti-vaxxers went among them. Oh, don't say that. Don't say this. Hold up this sign. That's not how you should talk. You're going to upset the legislators. Fuck all that. Right. right. Okay. Right. So we so come tomorrow um, to our, because what we've congealed together is truth, freedom, health. Let me tell you what that means. We, we've talked a lot about what I discovered was there are three forces in the universe among the nine principles, mm. transport, conversion, storage. I'm going to quickly teach you MIT engineering system, but I think you'll get it. Yeah. Transport is the aspect of everything in the world that moves. In the Indian system, they called it Vata, V-A-T-A, mm. if you studied Ayurveda, mm. movement. I call it in the political world, freedom, movement of information, matter, and energy, okay? Mm. The other phenomenon in the world is called conversion. Everything in the universe is constantly converting stuff from one form to another. Digestion right. is a conversion process, okay? Mm. Me speaking to you through this microphone and you being able to hear my voice is a conversion process, okay? Mm. Guess what science is? Science is a conversion process. Right. We throw all sorts of wacky ideas and we apply the scientific method. And we say, oh, you know what? This is the truth, okay? The reason that a ball falls to the ground is gravity, not because there's a magnet at the center of the earth, right? Mm. Pulling it down mm. or a dragon. Okay, but we allow all these crazy ideas to be in the marketplace of ideas. Conversion, and that's truth. The third aspect of the universe is something called structure or storage. Your mm -hmm. body is a skeletal structure, you see? Your building that you're in has the beams. 
Okay, the structure from a political standpoint is our health. So our movement, Truth, Freedom, and Health, is based on system science. Right. In order to get, so we can't just be fighting for the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. We can't just be nerds fighting for innovation or science. We can't just be yoga Nazis just taking care of our health, living in our little gardens. All these movements have got to come together. True. That is a foundational principle of system science. Mm -hmm. So my intention here is to mo motivate people to let go of these Democrats and Republicans, left and right, Labor Party, and for each person to connect with their own divinity, have self-respect. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, we'll mobilize bottoms up movement because all these grifters are leading people in the, to the right wing or the left wing, and they're making money along the way. They're all assholes. True. Sorry, but True. It's, it's disgusting what they do. And they've been doing this. So if you look at the left wing right now, they have mm -hmm. AOC and Bernie Sanders. And the right wing now, Lauren Burbert and Matt Gates. They right. all will talk their big games. Right. But they're all just hyping people up. They give people little bones. Oh, yeah, Matt Gates is going to win this for us. So all the conservatives are Elon Musk is going to win us freedom. So anyway, thank you, Christine. Thank you for having me on. Yep, thank you. Let me go to okay. our next request. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Let's go to Gemini Girl 8. Uh, please unmute yourself. Gemini girl, go ahead. Hi, doctor. I just want to say thank you for one thing. And I have been following you for a very long time. Um, I have a quick question. Mine will be quick. Can you just go over the benefits of the vitamin A that you mentioned earlier? Again, I do have thyroid issues. Um, just leave it uh -huh. at that. But just curious to what, because I just ordered some because you, you, you had suggested it. Yeah, let me, let me, let me tell you again. I'm not a medical doctor. You should all, I have to say this disclaimer, right? I'm a PhD in systems biology, but I, I, I know the immune system more than most medical doctors. But let me tell you, so think about your immune system. Um, is it Gemini girl? Are you still there? Yes, I'm here. I just yeah. turn off yeah. my mind. So, so think, think about uh, if it's a cold day, what do you do? You put on a scarf, then you put on one layer, then you put on a jacket, right? You put on a hat, yes. right? To protect yourself. So Supporting the immune system is that kind of process. Vitamin D3, and by the way, I'm not, you know, I'm really a big proponent of the natural. If you can get out in the sun 15, 20 minutes, you know, if you're darker skin, you need more, okay? Uh, but if you're light skin, you know, 15 minutes, you, you can get out and you can get out the sun on your, a lot of people, it's too cold for them. But if you can, it's very healthy. If you can't, the vitamin D3 is an alternative. Vitamin D3 produces these proteins which literally blow up the cell walls of viruses. And we've done a bunch of videos on these. If you look at every cell, the cytokeratin outside of the cells protects your cell walls. So what is a, what, what does a quote unquote virus do, right? First of all, it, what does a virus do is it tries to use, so if you have a cell, a virus is like those, one of those um, things that, uh, it's, it's like the uh, alien, right? It wants to take over your cell infrastructure and use your body to replicate itself. So how does it do that? Well, first of all, it's got to get into your cell, step one. Step two, once it gets into your cell, it's got to be able to replicate its messenger RNA. And then it has to produce more of itself, okay? Reassemble itself and transport itself out. So there's like four processes. Each one of those processes can be inhibited in different ways. The vitamin A 
literally is like a jacket, protective covering. Okay. Now, ideally you get your vitamin A from eating the, you know, the leafy green, particularly the purple foods. And if your thyroid is healthy, your body will convert that in the presence of proper iodine. You know, we've depleted our soil of iodine. Now, obviously, this is why some of the iodized uh, uh, salts are very good or iodine itself. And again, um, you should be careful how you take it and you can you know, explore it or talk to your doctor. But if you take iodine, it'll support or our diet used to have it. Your body will naturally take those green leafy vegetables and produce vitamin A. But if your thyroid ain't working right, either you supplement with, vit- uh, with the iodine um, or you take vitamin A. So that's what, I, uh, that's what vitamin A does, okay? It protects the cell structures. Now, quercetin and zinc together will stop the viral replication because the zinc stops viral replication. The quercetin, like hydroxychloroquine, is a ionophore which allows the zinc in. I hope that was helpful. It was. Thank you, doctor, so much. Like I said, I've been following you a long time, so I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Yeah, just imagine... If all of these grifters who in 2021 started speaking all their smack had supported us in 2020 when we called out Fauci, imagine where the world would be. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Thank yep. you sir. Let me go to our next person. Let me go to Psychic Brian 33. Go ahead, uh, Psychic Brian 33. Psychic Brian 33, you're muted. Yeah, Psychic thank Brian. you, Dr. Shiva. Uh, I really loved your, How are I'm you? doing fine. Uh, great space tonight. I loved your videos in 2020. Uh, just a couple quick questions on the immune system. What's your thoughts on um, vitamin, uh, IV vitamin C and uh, uh, NAC and acetylcysteine to um, uh, boost glutathione in the body to uh, protect the immune system? And um, the second part of that would be what's your thoughts on um, uh, boosting the, uh, microbiome to boost the immune system as well. Thank you. Yeah. So let me, let me answer that psychic Brian. So first of all, if to answer the NAC and the glutathione, I did a bunch of videos on it. You know, we did these hour long tour long videos that goes into the detail of NAC and cysteine. But I think what was your first part of your question, Brian? Uh, vitamin, vitamin, um, IV vitamin C to boost the immune yeah. system. Yeah. So, yeah. So look, there's, I think close to 10,000, 20,000 papers, clinical studies done on the power of IV vitamin C. And, you know, if you guys go look at the protocol I sent to Trump, I said, you know, break up people into these groups. Those people are critical condition, put them on um, 50 to 100 milligrams titrated IV vitamin C. And this is not even me. It's there's, if you just do the research, it's been proven in critical conditions, high stress conditions, you have to give the high dose vitamin C IV. Um, it has very profound effects on reducing the cytokine storm. It's like you're boosting your body with shock absorbers, right? Because what happens is when you're, remember, it is not the virus or these antigens which kills you. It is the body's overreaction, which some people call the cytokine storm, okay? Um, the overreaction of these cytokines, which are these um, you know, interleukins and a whole bunch of them, uh, TNF, et cetera. And when these cytokines overreact, your body goes into the cytokine storm. Now, what vitamin C does, it has a very powerful effect on modulating that cytokine storm. So, you know, when people were undergoing, I, I, um, 
you know, and they were put on ventilators and all this, all this and you're, you know, you have fluid in the lungs and you push and you push. I mean, it's just like basic physics. You have more fluid in the lungs and you're pushing more air in the lungs. You know, you're going to blow up people's alveoli. So that's why first you have to reduce that cytokine storm. And that's why IV vitamin C is very important. In fact, there was a video I did again, two years ago about a, about an emergency room doctor who got COVID and they tried everything. And eventually they put him on IV vitamin C. It was ex, quote unquote experimental and they saved his life. Okay. So I, IV vitamin C, but it has to be the high dose. Now, when you look at N NAC, uh, and acetylcysteine uh, is a precursor to a very powerful uh, molecule called glutathione, which is a sulfur-bearing molecule. And all, by the way, all of the sulfur-bearing fruits are very, very valuable if you look at the, or the vegetables. You know, they say garlic is a uh, king and uh, onion is a queen of the vegetable kingdom. Many, and many ancient cultures included this. By the way, whenever I feel a cold or anything to scratch, you got to be disciplined about this, guys. Right when you feel it coming on, what I do is I take a whole bulb of garlic. This is what I do. And I will chop it up and I'll put a little bit of ghee or butter and I'll saute it. I mean, I'm talking about a whole bulb, not one little thing, the entire bulb. And I'll make a little, uh, if you want it, on some toast and I eat all of it. And then I will supplement that with, you know, a uh, number of things like vitamin C and uh high dose vitamin D3. I can talk more about it if you guys want to know. But the bottom line is the garlic and the sulfur bearing uh, molecules have very are very valuable. Now, the reason if you just take glutathione, there's some liposomal ones right now, the body, the digestive uh, process is, you know, you can't get it. Now, IV glutathione, um, you can also get these IV drips are very valuable or N-acetylcysteine on a regular basis will convert through a series of reactions in your body to glutathione, Brian. So both of them are valuable from the research today. And I did a couple of videos on the molecular system science of it. And then my last question was, uh, what's your thoughts on boosting the microbiome for immunity? Oh, yes. Yeah. So look, um, nearly every culture on the planet concluded that they always did something with fermented foods, Brian, if you notice, right? Um, in the Indian culture, Every meal always ended with some type of, you know, organic, you know, fresh from the farm yogurts, right? Uh, many of the uh, Eastern traditions always had the pickling, right? The Germans had their sauerkraut. The Koreans had their kimchi. So I'm a big proponent of always trying to get this stuff from foods and integrating it. So obviously there's are all these supplements out there right now that the acidophilus, sure, they're beneficial, but I can assure you that let's go back to traditional foods, um, the fermented foods. You know, my great-grandfather lived to 100 and something. He had all of his teeth. He used to work it until 93 in the fields. What he would do, Brian, in the first, and remember this as a young kid watching him wake up in the morning. In, a, you know, in India, people would cook rice, and they would always have rice left over, and he would take that old rice, put it in a wooden barrel, and add uh, water to it, and um, let it essentially ferment overnight. And the, and the thing that he drank was that fermented rice water, which is essentially massive amounts of B vitamins, which support and fermented, which support your body to support the microbiome, okay? So I'm a big proponent of fermented foods. Obviously, people can do their research on the different acidophilus, but traditional foods, you know, um, are very, very valuable. Obviously, ev everything is a medicine, be aware. 
that when you take the goitrogenic foods like the sauerkrauts, that be aware if you have thyroid issues, you should, you know, uh, take those things in moderation. Thank you, Dr. Shiva. Great space. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Be well. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's take our next person. Um, Ali, A-L-Y. Ali, how are you? I'm going to add you as a speaker. You have to unmute yourself, Ali. Ali Hartmensid. Ali, are you there? Hello, Ali. Hi, Ali. Are you there? Hi, I'm so sorry. Of course. No worries. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you. I got to meet you at the Red Pill Conference in 2021. Uh huh. How are you? I'm good, and I really enjoyed your talk then, and I've been following you. Um, So I have a grassroots movement in San Diego, California called Reopen San Diego, and we had a lot of success pushing back, um, bringing tons of people to speak at county meetings. Uh, We also are currently suing the city of San Diego for their vaccine mandate for elected officials. If you can believe that, they did a mandate for elected officials. Uh-huh. So anyhow, my question to you, though, and, and as things change and as things are opening up now, you know, quote unquote, people are saying, well, we're already open. And we, of course, know that we have a long road to go. Uh, my, and our question that we keep asking ourselves, what is the most effective way to fight back now? Do we try to get elected and change the system from within? Do we keep putting pressure as grassroots movement? What would be your uh, your thoughts on this? Yes, yeah, so Ali, you're asking a great question. I'm glad you're asking this. So, um, again, I invite everyone to come tomorrow. Um, John, maybe you can just put it up there, vashiva.com slash orientation, Victor Alpha. And we will talk more about this, Ali. But look, the only thing, Ali, and, if, and again, we all have to take off our rose-colored glasses. We all have to stop being sort of fat, dumb, and lazy, meaning I'm not saying everyone is that. But we all have to come to grips with the reality. The reality is when you look back at the arc of human history, the only thing that has ever, ever moved the needle on everything, anything in humanity, Ali, has been bottoms-up movements. Yeah. Right? It has always been bottom where the slaves organized independently. They didn't wait for the Pharaoh to have his priests come down and say, hey, I'm here to help you guys out. Right? Yeah. It was always people organizing bottoms up. Hey, John, John, I just want to get a glass of water. One second. Um, just get a glass of water here. Okay. So, um, what's Ali. So let's hold the principle that it's always been bottoms up movements. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you come to a point in life and everyone on this call has probably come to this point where you realize that, Hey, I realize that you make one of two decisions in life. I accept the way the world that it is and I'm willing to live with it. Okay. Um, we're, you know, it comes to this aspect of, it's a very philosophical decision, Ali, where people believe that the world is a bunch of atoms and we're just a blob of chemicals. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we're just here and I'm just going to figure out, I'm just going to take care of It's like the Voltaire model. Huh? Yeah. I'm just going to live, make my own little garden, go under and meditate under a tree. And that's it. Right. And I'm just going to be happy. It's sort of like the hedonist model. Okay. That's where it leads. to. It's the Lucretius Epicurean model of existence. The other model of existence says something very different. 
hey, I am a being that I believe in my divinity and I believe there's something, whatever form, a creator, and I'm going to determine my destiny, okay? Through actual actions. And that's a very different trajectory, okay? If you get to that trajectory, you say, I want to change the world. The other says, I'm just, that trajectory, the world of the establishment really offers you only two paths, right? One is a path of legalism, which is, okay, I'm going to go file a lawsuit, which is what you talked about, right? The other is, I'm going to go uh, run for office. I'm going to run for city clerk or school board member, et cetera, right? And if you are truly an outside agent of change, wants to fundamentally, like we talk about, go to the systems issues, that vehicle of opportunism, as I call it, running for office or legalism will never work because in our case, and, and we, when we filed our lawsuit and we exposed the censors, we, the censors for infrastructure, I told everyone, look, I'm doing it pro se. Um, we may have some victories, which we did, but eventually because we're going at the foundational issues, the judge will fuck us. And they, and he did do that. Okay. But what we did, Ali was we didn't put our, all of our eggs. We were building this bottoms up movement. So the real way to win is you have to build a bottoms up movement. So when you get to that point, you realize, okay, I got to build a movement. How do you build a movement? And this is probably the, the, the real beginning of real change. How do you build a movement? And the only way to build a movement is to recognize that there are scientific principles. And this is hard for people to digest that the world does just happen. You just don't go out and start taking up a gun and rush into, right? Or just protest, right? There has to be some physics. So over the arc of human history, people tried different movements. Some of them were successes, some of them were failures. And if you look at that arc of human history, what you find out is there are some dynamics to movements. There are physical laws. No different than if I wanted to build a bridge alley, I may just say, okay, I'm just going to go take some stones and just start building it. You may get lucky, but if you wanted to build something like the Washington Bridge, right? Or George Washington Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge, you're going to have to understand Newton's equations and Newton's principles. Agreed what I'm saying? Yes. You have to understand these actual laws, principles, and then you have to do the engineering, right? You have to be very disciplined if you want to build something of that size. If you want to build an airplane, I mean, people were throwing themselves cliffs for years, right? Flapping their wings. They all died until one day a guy called Bernoulli figured out Bernoulli's principles. You know how the surface uh, 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 area affected lift and so on. And then we had modern airplanes. So when you look at the arc of human history, you know, as someone who loves innovating and creating, you know, email was a great invention that I was proud to create or Cytosol or many other things. But I would say the most profound innovation that I've done is what I did with my work of understanding engineering system science, going back to understanding the ancient systems of medicine, intersecting them with political theory and creating this framework that we call truth, freedom, health. Everyone can go to truthfreedomhealth.com. And we've created this infrastructure. And this is the physics of creating a movement. And what that physics reveals, Ali, is throughout human history, whenever bottoms up people came, Ali, everyday working people try to build movements. And we're actually starting to succeed. It's called a self-organizing principle. Guess what the establishment did? 
They said, shit, these people are organizing bottoms up movements. We have to have people who hijack those movements. And that's called the not so obvious establishment. Mm-hmm. And without understanding the not so obvious establishment, who they are, how they react, how they smell, every movement will fail, Ali. And we will, it's not like oppression leads to people fighting. This is also an erroneous theory. So you look at India, okay? For 400 years, the British were there exploiting India, right? Or uh, black people in the civil rights movement in the United States, right? So in India, there was eventually in the 1920s, this huge bottoms up movement came of everyday working people said, hey, look, we want a revolution like America did. We want to kick out the British. And the British, who are the masters of this, who who ha- who have Oxford, they do research on this alley. They said, okay, we're going to parachute in this guy called Gandhi, Gandhi. Okay. Martin Sheen in the movie called him Gandhi. Okay. And by the guy, by the way, Gandhi was a racist. He was, he was a complete, all sorts of stuff. He did nothing for the Indians or black people in South Africa. When he comes to India, he basically ensures that white men with crowns leave and brown men with white hats take over. And he, and the document was called the transfer of power, but he gets elevated as his hero by everyone. But he essentially ensured that this bottoms-up movement was crushed, Ali. He was the not-so-obvious establishment. And for 70, 80 years, India continued to have corruption. And in fact, the British remote-controlled the control of India by having all these brown guys with white hats run India. The civil rights movement in the United States initially was a bottoms-up movement. And the Kennedys and the Southern National Christian Conference found Martin Luther King was a bougie black guy, put him in the you know, I I have a dream speech and they eliminated the bottoms up leadership. So those in power know there will be bottoms up movements and they crush those movements by creating the fringe elements of the left wing and the right wing. So if you look at the establishment today, you have the obvious establishment on the Republicans like Mitch McConnell, right? And you have the obvious establishment on the Democrat side, whoever it is, you know, these days, Biden. But the way that the establishment manipulates the left and the right is on the left, they, they create people like AOC and Bernie Sanders who once in a while attack Biden or Hillary Clinton. Oh my God, yes, we can believe in the system. And on the right, they have people like Trump and uh, Gates and Boberts and whoever else. But once we understand in engineering system science, Ali, we call this a disturbance. And that is why our movement, that is why they conceal our movement, Ali, because we are independent. You follow what I'm saying? And until people understand this dynamics, every movement will fail. We have to truly build independent movements. And if people are going to run for office or participate in this legalism stuff, you have to have a movement. And, and that movement is Truth Freedom Health. There is no other movement like this on the planet. If, if it was there, I wouldn't be doing this. But we have created the physics so we can educate people in about three hours. We have the community. We've created the technology. And we're educating people to become their own gurus, their own leaders bottoms up and stop looking to celebrities and billionaires and people. But that's the way. So Ali, come tomorrow, but we have to, everyone's got to learn the science. Otherwise we're going to fail. People spend 20 years, 30 years, and they'll wake up and they'll say, shit, you know, we shouldn't have done this. You say? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think you touched on maybe a few of the people earlier in your talk that we should look out for, but who who are you who are you thinking besides like RFK Jr. 
Well, let me tell you, it's on the left and the right. So if you take each of these issues, a big grifter for the, the right conservatives listening is a, is a Tucker Carlson. OK, is all. Look, do, it, once you understand this dynamic, I, I, I'll probably do a video on this. The intelligence agencies ally, uh, ally, sorry. Right. This is the way they work. They go through a three step process, at least three steps. When the masses start figuring out the truth, like we figured out with the censorship government portal, what did they do, Ali? Do you remember the first step they did with our what we discovered in our lawsuit? Oh, I can't remember. They concealed it, okay? The mm. judge actually sealed our lawsuit. We sent it all to Tucker Carlson and Glenn Greenwald, who boot boasts around, oh yeah, I'm the guy who you know exposed Snowden and all this shit, right? He did nothing in October. Of, we won the lawsuit where we exposed this backroom portal. Why yeah. wasn't the front page news, Ali? Because right. why? And you'll find out because we weren't part of the Glenn Greenwald clan or the Tucker Carlson. Because if they had given us eyeballs, people said, wow, look at these guys. They're doing their own pro se lawsuits and they're winning. Bottoms up. So they concealed it. Then in 20, on October, uh, I remember this date, the 28th, 2021, when Elon Musk took over Twitter, I did a post and I said, Elon, you have the backdoor portal. You better take it down if you're serious. Two days later, The Intercept, which is owned by Pierre Omidyar, funded it, is the one who created the backdoor portal infrastructure. So The Intercept's two asshole journalists literally steal our lawsuit, but just drop a little piece of it, Ali. I call that half-truth. It's called a limited hangout, which I exposed with a little iceberg, which, by the way, Robert Malone just literally stole today, literally, it's, I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time as an educator coming up with my pedagogy, right? At least if you're a serious academic, you say, oh yeah, but by the way, it's called a citation. He didn't even bother doing that. But anyway, so the next step they do is half-truths, Ali, okay? And why do they do those half-truths? And then the Intercept gets given front-page coverage by Tucker Carlson in, on November 1st. And Tucker Carlson puts on his face, goes, oh my God, we never knew about the DHS, this backroom portal stuff. Really, Tucker? I sent it to you in an email on October 30th. And he says, you know what? This, how could we have ignored this? You ignored it. You see, they're part of the intelligence network, Ali. You get yeah. it? These yeah. I, I mean, these people are literally CIA. Right. And then the third step that they do is delay truth. And I can tell you with the censorship stuff, Stephen, who is Trump's uh, former Stephen Miller, literally puts out a press release. Oh my God, we have figured out the Twitter partner support portal, which was the front page of our lawsuit on October 30th. And he goes, we've discovered it, give me money. And then Trump says, oh my God, when I become president, I'll eliminate it. The motherfucker is the one who set it up with SISA. These guys yeah. are scumbags. So they conceal truth, then they do half truths, then they do delay truth. And the people who delay, delay truth are literally being compensated for it. When Robert Kennedy put out the real fire Fauci. He did it 16 months too late. And then he makes money off of that millions of dollars. And the vaccine companies made billions by then. We had done it in 2020. Where was he not amplifying our message? You know why? Because Children's Defense Fund would have lost their money. These guys are scumbags. Mm. So, but it's left and right. And it's the wings of the establishment. And they're part of the intelligence agency network. They do not want independent movements, Allie. They I know, do. because they, they don't want us to know how powerful we are individually. Exactly. 
you know, they rely on us thinking someone's going to come and save us, whether it be Elon Musk or anybody. I mean, you, we shouldn't even depend on you, right? We need to believe in ourselves and the power that each one of us individually has. And I think that's what you're saying, right? What, 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 what I, the contribution that I've made is so you don't waste time and you become a force for change. You become your own guru, right? Yeah. So just like Bernoulli figured out Bernoulli's principle, like you, you, no one follows Bernoulli. No one bows down to Newton's equations, right? You learn right. Newton's equation, you become a bridge builder, okay? You go build bridges. You go be a civil engineer. No one says, oh my God, oh, Newton is going to come one day and save us. Bullshit. What I have done from a scientific perspective is I figured out these fundamental principles. And once you know them, you don't need me. You need to just make sure you're applying those principles when you build your movements. Just like when I build an airplane, I have to apply Bernoulli's principle. Right. Right. And what is, and that has been the, the, uh, the promise I made to my grandparents as a 12 year old kid, when I went back to India and I realized how poor they were, Allie. And I said, shit, this is fucked up. And I said, if I don't figure this shit out, I'm a parasite. So my life journey has been to integrate Eastern medicine, engineering systems theory, political theory. And the aha I came is, you know what? There are nine systems principles that I can educate anyone. And by the way, Ali, go to Pierre Omidyar's site. You will see he teaches systems thinking. The elites learn systems thinking. And if we don't learn systems thinking, we're all fucked because they have a nuclear weapon of thinking and we don't. So my contribution is I want each one of you to become leaders, not followers. And right. truth, freedom, and health system is what I've created. And, and, you know, I used to teach that course at MIT. I tried to give it away for free. No one wanted it. And what we've done is we've done it in a way that everyone gets it at a nominal price. But once you learn it, Ali, we want you to give it away to your kids. It's basically a philanthropy forward model. I give it away to 1,500 kids when I went to a village in India. So I've done it in a way people value it, but it's about you becoming the guru. You, because we have hundreds of thousands of people we want others to mentor now. We're bottoms heavy right now. We don't have enough leaders. So that's where we're at. But it's a bottoms up movement, but you have to understand the physics. If you don't, it's like a carpenter. You could, or when I learned how to pitch a ball, right? I could have learned how to throw a curveball, throwing my arm out like for a year, but I went to a good coach, right? You don't bow down to your coach. You just learn it, right? Mm -hmm. So it, my life journey has been to figure out how we get out of slavery. It is the most biggest problem, right? Human beings said, oh, we would never fly, right? Oh, that's just, you know, we're not birds. Oh, and people have been saying, oh, well, Shiva, you're a low caste Indian. You know, you're supposed to just clean trash or pick coconuts. I said, fuck that. So I think I've solved that. I think I've cracked a code on it, Ali. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I think you're so right because, um, like you said, they are studying the hell out of all these things. We need to get on board with studying the hell out of them, too, because exactly. we're at war. There are fundamental principles, and I've cracked the code on it. Yeah, See, great. The there are principles principles proceed. See, the thing is right now I get these videos. Oh my God. Did you see Jeffrey Epstein? You have to read this video. Oh my God. Did you see this about da da da? So everyone's chasing all these fucking rabbit holes, Right. but all the rabbit holes come from the same elephant, just like the mm -hmm. blind man. So once you understand these nine principles, you are a Buddha. You yeah. are, you become your own Messiah. And that's what we need. We have to stop this guru worship, even in India, right? The guru worship. So, you know, one of the tools I created basically puts Deepak Chopra and all these gurus out of business. 
because in 30 minutes I can teach you Ayurveda. <laughs> They're gone. And so the goal is, so that, that's been the old Brahmanical priesthood model, right? They learn this knowledge and they don't want to disseminate it to the masses. So like Prometheus bringing fire, that's what truth, freedom, and health is. We figured out, we cracked the code. And the goal is to make people learn it, make sure they learn it, and then they teach it and they serve. Our model is learn, teach, and serve. Don't just learn it and be a parasite. Then you got to teach it to others. Then you got to serve. Then you got to teach others. You see? This is the only yeah, way to make it. Otherwise, we're fucked. I'm telling you, we got to get out of this top-down messianic model of someone's going to come and stop right. giving power to these morons. Yeah, exactly. Look, yeah. I mean, just think um, about it. Robert Kennedy talks about not vaccine, then at his own home, everyone's got to be vaxxed. And all. And then he said, oh, ha, ha, my wife wears a pants. And people actually believe this shit. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, yeah. It's You know, we're waiting around for someone to come save us. We don't want to see things for what they are. And we've just got to get over that. And like you said, we've just got to grow the heck up. Stop being fat, dumb, and lazy. You're 100% right. And you know what? It's so not politically correct to say it, but it's the truth. Yeah, like, so, you know, we've I've created the curricula. We have a woman who's a hairdresser who teaches it to PhDs. I've made it that easy. That was my goal to bust up this access to knowledge, Allie. So I feel very, very excited about that. But part of it is we, we have to tell people, learn the knowledge, learn the knowledge. Now, and then we get people on the ground, Allie. We have people bringing out flyers. We say you have to go hold out a poster until people get out on the ground and they meet another human being. All this stuff is just theory. They have to mobilize on the ground. The future is offline. It's not online. The future is offline. Mm. Wow. That's, that's big coming from you. <laughs> well, look at, I mean, you'll, you'll see me out in the freezing weather, mobilizing 2000, 3000 people, you know, on the ground Yeah. for me, you'll find when I was 18 years old. I led a march of 5,000 people over the Mass Ave Bridge, and we burned the South African flag on the steps of MIT. MIT, this liberal institute, was funding apartheid. Then we marched on the president's office, and we had MIT get out. And then I, in concomitantly, co we organized the food service workers. And we got them. It's always been bottoms-up movements. Mm. We have to scare the shit out of these people, but not, I'm not talking about carrying guns and shooting them. If you look, there's a video that we have, you know, when we asked for a FOIA request to the city of Boston to give us our um, participating voters list. They have 10 days. They never gave it to us. I walked in there with 40 people and we wouldn't leave. Within 20 minutes, we got it, Allie. Oh, that's, that's great. I love that. I hope everybody listening is really paying attention to what you're saying right now. They want people to file lawsuits. Oh, I'm Bobby Kennedy. I'm going to negotiate with the Democrats and I'm the Kennedy. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I hate these guys. They no, I, you know, I want to tell you, you're, you're hundred percent right. Because in San Diego, um, I don't know if you know, I mean, you know how bad LA was, they did yep. vaccine passports, but San Diego was going to follow suit. And we brought 200, not just my group, but other groups, but all grassroots groups brought over 200 people down to the County meeting to speak. And we kept them there over midnight. And we found out from an insider that literally the pushback stopped them from doing vaccine passports in San Diego. That so is what we need to do. Do you, yeah. do you know where May Day came from, Allie? No. Do you know what May Day is? May 1, okay? Mm. Do you know, everywhere in the world, it's celebrated as International Workers' Day. It is not a communist Marxist holiday. Let me tell you where May Day came from. It came from four American workers who were hanged 
in Haymarket Square for fighting for the eight-hour workday. Did you know that? Mm, no, I didn't. Those four American workers, every worker throughout the world commemorated as May Day. Reagan changed it to fucking Law Day. And what happened was when these movements were growing, McCarthy in the 1950s called all those movements communists. They were bottoms-up movements. And then the Democratic Party took over all those unions. So by 1970, there were no more strikes in this country. But during 1900 to 1970, there were close to 100 million workers in 11,000 strikes. And that's as the GDP grew, Americans' wages grew. And after 1970, there's been no really major strikes, maybe 900 strikes, about 2 million people participating. We have to go back to fundamental principles, bottoms up and mobilize people, but they have to understand why, Ali. And that's why you need the theory. We call it the warrior scholar program. You need the community. You need people motivating you to get on the ground. It's old school. Simple mm -hmm. fires, black and white. Yeah, I love it. I love that you have a blueprint and a framework for people. I'm definitely going to check it out. Can yeah, I ask one last quick question? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to make sure we get other people, but go ahead. Yeah, really quick. Are viruses real or not? Look, so here's the issue, right? So you have all these people say, oh, yeah, I saw this terrain theory, blah, 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 blah. Okay. It's actually a fucked up thing because they're, again, separating people. The issue mm -hmm. is there are antigens, okay, that your body is constantly exposed to. To say, oh, they're not viruses or they're not this, they're not that, okay? And a lot of these people doing it don't even have systems biology degrees, okay? They haven't even done wet lab work, okay? We have isolated, for example, the tuberculosis bacteria, and we've isolated these antigens, okay? The real issue is, let's get back to the core. We got to get laser focused on the core, Ali, because all these people are grifting. What is the core? The core is, do you want to build a resilient system? Period. Mm -hmm. How do you get there? Well, how do you get there is you have to have a resilient system. Well, how do you get there? You have to boost that immune system, right? Well, how do you get there? You have to do stress inoculation. Well, how do you get there? You have to be exposed to things, right? You have to have the proper nutrients. That's it. Let's start there. Mm -hmm. and, and then that leads to public policy. Okay, the real public policy is the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Why are you giving everyone the same dose of everything? Second thing is, where's the public infrastructure for clean food? Where's the public infrastructure for good water? You see? Why mm -hmm. is it, you know, uh, kids are spending $100,000, $200,000 money to go to, you know, these institutions, and the food in the cafeteria is garbage. What the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Like, go back to the core of health resilient systems now public policy comes from that mm -hmm. yeah well thank you, you that was that was a great response appreciate it thank you yeah, for your all time these guys all these guys are like the blind man scamming us mm -hmm. we have to go to the heart of the issue in public policy just like with twitter i keep saying i don't give a fuck about twitter files why is that backdoor portal elon not down why are you not talking about it? Mm -hmm. That, and we have to laser focus. Once we get the real issue, Ali, we laser focus on the real solution. Take down the fucking government portal. Let us have public policy to boost people's immune systems. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
Bye bye. All right. Uh, it's eleven eleven. Great time. Let's take some more people. Uh, we have herbal. Um, oops, I don't want to remove the guest. Sorry, I didn't mean to remove you. Sorry about that. If I accidentally did that. Um, sorry about that. Um, I meant to remove your speaker. Herbal Godfather, please go ahead. Herbal Godfather. Good to have you. You have to unmute yourself, Herbal Godfather. Hello? There's a mute button. You have to unmute yourself. Okay. Herbal Godfather. I'm going to bring the next speaker on. Uh, Mike Zaza. Z Zaza. Mike, how are you? Can you unmute yourself, Mike? Uh, sorry, brother. I was just uh, just bringing Anna Marie some some meal. If you'd like to hear from me, I'd like to ask you a few things. It's Herbal Godfather. Sure. Yes. Oh, oh, is, that, is this Herbal Godfather or is this Mike Zaza? It's Herbal Godfather. Oh, go ahead, Herbal Godfather. First of all, brother, thank you for doing this. <clears throat> uh, the first thing I say is we don't know what we don't know. So uh, saying that, I would say that what 1% of us know most, 5% of us know what we know, and the rest of them, unfortunately, are running the Dum Dum program. So whatever you can share with systems, um, I would really appreciate that. There's a number of uh, people that are doing different things, you know, financially, <clears throat> legally, God bless you. And uh, I'm doing uh, things a little different. I, I'm just sticking to what, uh, what my God's shown me in regards to um, just trying. So, what, what is, so Mike, is, is, um, it, so what is the core comment or the question you got, Mike? But thank you for your observations. I yeah, that's herbal talking. I didn't ask a question. <laughs> oh, 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 are you guys in the same room? Okay. Yeah, you, you you made us both speakers. I was just waiting for herbal to finish. Oh, okay, go ahead. So where where is the documentation on your systems that that you're speaking of? So what, what you should is so if you come tomorrow, well, I don't want to. So if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com go there. I also wrote a very, very good book called System and Revolution. Okay. But we've created a very nice program that in fact, all the graduates actually teach the program, Mike. But what you'll find is the science of systems actually leads you to understand the science of herbs, believe it or not. The science well, of know, systems. Are you, are you looking at like ho hollow dynamics? Is that what you're talking about when you're no, talking about systems? It's, it's, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, it's engineering systems. Okay. So the there are three fundamental, they're basically nine principles of engineering systems that are used, you know, to build everything we see in the universe. But those same nine principles map to the ancient systems of Indian medicine. So come tomorrow, we'll talk about it, okay, in the interest of time. But I'll go deeper into it tomorrow. But there is a systems framework that anyone can learn. By the way, it is what the elites learn to oppress you. Using the knowledge of systems, they can predict uh, how trajectory of things. And that is why we're in our condition, is they know the science of systems and you don't. And we want to educate as many people about it because with knowing that knowledge, uh, you know, as Malcolm X said, it's not there's more of them than us, 
but they're just better organized. And the reason they're better organized is they know the science of systems. Thank you, guys. Hey, Dr. Shiva. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that Mike now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, How you ahead. doing? I'm a, a big fan of yours. Of yours. I, I took the systems course. I enjoyed it. I recommend it. Oh, good. Awesome. Uh, um, so I just want to, uh, I just had a question on the food thing because I've, I've been trying to be, you know, more on top of that, you know, when I look around my house and, uh, you know, everything's got the preservatives and everything like that. And, you know, what's your, what's your opinion on trying to, because uh, I, I actually thought that was very interesting what you were saying about the, the boy in the bubble and then the boy that grew, grew up uh, surrounded by filth. And it's almost like, you know, there is some good to being exposed to things. And maybe, maybe like we're all kind of like taught to avoid things, you know, like stay clean. Well, I mean, obviously we should have some hygiene, but you know, what's your thought on the preservatives and food? Well, well so a here's good a way to start with that. Again, again, you have to, let's go back to everyone's. So one of the biggest organs in the body, Mike, that does the detoxification is something called the liver. Okay. So the liver, um, in ma many, many, many traditional systems of medicine, um, you, they don't just look at the, the problem with Western medicine. It's really good if you get really fucked up. Okay. Crisis situations. But Western medicine doesn't know the ankle bones connected to the foot bone. So for example, skin, liver, and eyes are all actually connected systems, okay? Now, why is that? Because the liver is really the big detoxification system of the body, right? All the blood goes through the liver. Typically, if the liver and the adjunct organ, the gallbladder, are clogged, quote-unquote clogged, guess what happens? You're going to have skin issues, okay? because it'll go to the secondary system to try to eliminate waste. So now when pharmaceutical companies build pharmaceutical drugs, you know, like when you take a drug, you notice the drug doesn't stay in your system forever. It eventually comes out, right? Like if people take Advil, for example, right? Right. Um, so pharmaceutical companies calculate something called a clearance rate, C-L-E-A-R-A-N-C-E. -E. The clearance rate is a rate at which your liver gets out, gets rid of stuff. So if your liver is working at a level where it clears everything very quickly, then you know the drug doesn't have an effect. Okay. Um, so like vitamin C, you have to take enough of it under stressful conditions, otherwise the body just takes it out. Okay. So it gets into you. Um, so when you look at any poisons, your body has an ability to. I mean, otherwise you die, right? The body is constantly processing shit, right? Mm -hmm. So you could argue that the body can handle certain amount of toxins, okay? But um, you could also argue that if you never expose your body to anything, it's going to never be able to ever handle it, right? It's got to mm -hmm. be able to work a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people who eat these raw food diets, you'll find many of them end up having stomach issues because they never allowed their body to work with enough uh, harder roughage, okay? And again, everyone's body is unique. One of the tools I created was your body, your system, which helps you figure this out for you, okay? These systems principles. But when you want to consider the body from this angle, what gets revealed to you is that there are some people who eat crap all day, right? And they're absolutely fine, right? right. <laughs> um, I, had a, I had a friend of mine's father who drank a bottle of uh, gin every day. And his and and you know his the 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 and and um, the doctors can believe how well preserved his body was. Okay, I'm not telling everyone to do that, but everyone's body chemistries are different, right? 
Um, and the liver, in his case, could process stuff very quickly. In fact, there's a theory that a certain amount of alcohol is very good for you because it supports hepatic function, you see? Right. That's why in many traditional cultures, they always drank a little bit of a locally made fermented drink, which was supported longevity. So we have to understand the body is supposed to be used. So if you take the kid in the bubble body and the non-bubble body, you'll find something interesting. The kid who's in the bubble body, the extreme, he has no stressors, right? So it's like his body is like in pure water. If it ever went into a little bit of dirty water, he's going to react. The other situation you have is the other extreme of the kid who grows That is also not a good thing because he never gets a chance to recuperate. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, so uh, are you, I guess you're basically saying just work on you know strengthening your systems like the liver and right, right, you know, and, and more you know, than that than just trying to like just avoid every single toxin. Basically, right, right. So there's a video that I do in our advanced training. It's called a warrior monk video. I think I call it's called resilience training. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at many forms of yoga, if you do the traditional yoga, you will do standing poses, which are, you know, putting you into action, right? Mm -hmm. And then you'll do like five stand, and then you'll do shavasana where you go into deep rest. So one is exercising the immune system and then you calm it. No different than when, when the ancient Japanese sword makers, they'd make these swords, right? They would put it under massive heat and then they cool it for sometimes years, massive heat. So you have to be able to go into deep activity and then deep relaxation. Does that make sense? It That's does. why you go into the real world, you act, you can't just not do anything. And then, but then you have to get the deep sleep. You see? Yes. Thank so you so much. To, yeah. So that's really what we have to start thinking about is resilience. Resilience is the key, not like pro or anti-vax. Okay. Very this good. is not educating people on anything. We're like misleading them into some other nightmare. Okay. Thanks. No problem. Yep. All right. Um, in the interest of time, I just, um, to let everyone know, I got up at about four this morning, just took a train back in from New York. So um, I think we started this at nine. It's 1121. Um, let me take our i'm going to take a couple more um let me bring on uh oh we got anomaly here okay long time let me bring anomaly how are you anomaly good to see you hey what's up dr shiva hey. good anomaly hey brother good to see you here. yeah how are you i guess uh i'd love to chat again soon we could do a podcast or something but um you know to to keep with the group here and ask a question Something that's been on my mind, and I know you've been big on it for years, but just like the food quality, obviously the spraying of pesticides, the fact that so many food colorings and dyes and like dough conditioners are just like garbage. You go to McDonald's in Europe, it's not even the same because they've already outlawed that. So how do you think we could get results? Because I think there's a lot of people uh, in both parties. I think there's a lot of like gym bro accounts and like carnivore accounts and even even vegan accounts to some extent where everybody kind of agrees on that. How do you think we could get uh, some sort of political coalition together to pressure probably the Republican Party at this point, but one of the parties to actually do something? Because I think uh, Trump's not going to do anything. Biden's not going to do anything. Neither party cares. And it's just like a clown show. Yeah. So Anomaly, tomorrow. So we should do So Anomaly, I think, you know, since we spoke, when did we speak? Back in 2018, right? Probably 2020, 2019. right? I think once the lockdown happened, yeah. uh, you so, talked. 
Yeah. So you remember when we did that, you know, our lawsuit exposed the entire government censorship infrastructure, which all of these grifters have been purposely concealing. And we should talk about that, which we talked about before you came on. I don't know if you were listening. Um, the other important thing to understand is that if you look at the entire environmental movement, right, for clean food, clean air, I mean, it's not like it's gotten better, okay, in spite of all these NGOs out there. The reality is what's happening is that most of these organizations, um, and I noticed this with like a group called EWG, okay, they're actually all in cahoots. So they just do just enough anomaly to make it appear that they're fighting, okay? Right. And the only thing, as I talked about, is o- always been bottoms-up movements. So tomorrow, come to the orientation, vashiva.com slash orientation. And in order to build a bottoms-up movement, you have to have the right physics, the right science, the right community. And that's the only way, man. And if you look right now, whether it's the left wing or the right wing fringes, they're all just, at the end of the day, what they will do is they'll all come together because where does their money come from? Follow the money. If you look at big ag and you look at big pharma, ultimately, and you look at Silicon Valley, all of these guys are one and they right. all are funding these guys. So to it's a big illusion to think these fucking politicians are going to do anything or we should go beg to them. Right. We I, I hear you on that. And even like, you know, left wing, I think environmentalism has been co-opted, brainwashed, like you said, ESG, it's all controlled. And then on the right wing, you know, I think Trump you know, turned out to hire pharmacy lobbyists and kind of just like talk the vaccine. But a lot of people are waiting for him. I'm just wondering how, because I know like nothing's going to get done for sure. Maybe Thomas Massey's the only one who cares. No, no. You heard what I, you, I think you, I did a whole talk. You may want to go look at it on why we need to build a bottoms up movement. Thomas Massey, look, I know, I know Massey, you know, he went to MIT. Okay. And he, he's known about all of our stuff. But all these guys grift, man. They don't do the shit at the right time. Right. So how do we get enough? I, I get the bottoms up, but I know. No, 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 no. I, I'm saying, I think it comes tomorrow. It's, I don't, the, there is a physics to building a bottoms up movement. It starts with understanding system science anomaly. Without the knowledge of systems, there will be no bottoms up movement. There is a physics. There's an engineering science to do this. Just like there's an engineering science to build a building. Without that, people are just going to be going in the dark following one wing of the establishment or another, or the Tulsi Gabbard will be the next. They have an inventory of <laughs> not so obvious establishment people anomaly. But there's right, a- no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm totally on board with you. I'm aware. I think we align on that. I'm just, and I understand that you're doing a course on it, et cetera, but you well, know, no, I know it's a movement. It's a movement that's founded. Um, go, uh, did you come, were you on it about 20 minutes ago anomaly or an hour ago? I would say probably like 15 minutes ago. I, yeah, I have- go back an hour. I spent about an hour on this. Okay. Um, so I don't want to repeat it, but the bottom line is, you know, there is a physics to building a serious movement. And it is not just being sort of dilettante about it. There is a foundational science. We have to get people physically on the ground, how to communicate. There has to be an infrastructure. Fortunately, we built that over the last two years. And we have to grow that movement. <laughs> My question then, if you know, if you have the science of that, how come it's not been done yet, or how you know, how come there's no movement there yet that's been successful? Because I don't doubt it's not happening. But well, well, have- well, let me tell you, we have been successful. Who exposed the government censorship infrastructure was us. Who did all the election system stuff? It was us. And who exposed the who started the fire Fauci stuff? 
The problem is that we have to grow that movement now. And we cannot be relying on grifters. We can't be chasing, you know, skirt here or skirt there. We have to get mobilized and we have to get our eye on the prize. Come tomorrow okay. or go, go look and just go, go. Ali and I had just a long conversation about this. Okay. And I and went through but, sometime or, or Facebook, YouTube or whatever. Just uh, hit me up. Yeah, just email me. You're going to email me, vashiva at vashiva.com, and we'll set up time. All right, money, yeah. But tomorrow and Amelie at 11 a.m. or 8 p.m. at vashiva.com slash orientation. This is what we're doing. We have 360,000 people in 95 countries now, okay? Awesome. Okay, thanks, and Amelie. Good to see you. Yeah, soon, brother. Great talking to you. Yeah, same here. Be well. Let's go over to... Jim... Thomas, Jim Thomas. And um, it's going to be our last one we take, everyone, because it's almost 1130. Jim Thomas. Oops. Do we have Jim? Yeah, he's very or, much. Was great, uh, great presentation. Uh, Jim, how are you? Doing all right. Yeah, if you can keep it brief, it's and we'll do another one again, but it's 1128. But go hey, ahead. Thanks. Uh, you're you're pointing out the intelligence communities. That's a very important point. Uh, the intelligence community seems uh, to be heavily involved in possibly inventing the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, um, and then maybe shipping it off to China to put it on a virus or whatever, if there is such a thing. Um, have you, uh, the intelligence communities may be the ones who have uh, not allowed certain medications that uh, are instrumental in helping prevent damage from this if taken early. We know the intelligence communities are involved in this. How do we, and now then Twitter as well, as you pointed out, keeping the back door open. How do we stop the intelligence communities that seem to be embedded in everything from the, from the manufacturing of the vaccine to the, uh, to the even preventing our, our, uh, our CDC and even Israel from, uh, from disclosing the, uh, the damage that this is causing to certain people. Yes. Yeah, so, so Jim, let me just say that, um, Jim, were, were you listening when I had that long conversation with Ali? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So if you go back, we had a lot, look, and, and I think what you're asking is an important question, but let me just bring it back to the core here. Throughout human history, people have been trying to figure out how do we get more truth, more freedom, more health, right? And in that journey, there will obviously be whatever the state or those in governance who will have all sorts of mechanisms, intelligence communities, spies, you know, propaganda, all these kinds of things, right? But ultimately, it has been movements, bottoms-up movements. Now, when you get to that point of building a bottoms-up movement, how do you build those movements? One aspect is you just take a bunch of guns and you talk a bunch of shit and, you know, you say, I'm, I'm, I want my first amendment, second amendment. And you just talk a bunch of crap, like, but you don't build any real broad based thinking movement where you teach people how to think for themselves. It's based on heroism, right? That's one way. And that leads to typically what we call terrorism and doesn't go. And the government likes when people do that because they can, um, shunt more freedoms. The other aspect that happens is people go into left or right. They say, oh, I'm going to become a Democrat. By the way, 50% of Trumpers voted for Obama, right? So that was a shtick that people did for two years. 
And then they go to Trump for another uh, year and a half. And Trump did, he talked a good game. Hillary never got locked up. In fact, the people got locked up were the people who supported him. He didn't do shit to Fauci, even though he knew all the data was right there. So ultimately, he was part of the problem. So people going to left or right, and the establishment likes that. And the third area they want people to go into is to become complacent. And the way they get people into this area, Jim, is through ignorance. The intelligence communities have a process of concealing truth, doing half-truths, and they have all sorts of people in the media who do delayed truth, concealed truth, half-truths, and delayed truths. And But they do not want people ever looking at a situation with the scientific method and looking at it and then mobilizing people bottoms up. And they always want people to be scared. Oh my God, the intelligence agencies are so powerful. They're not that fucking powerful. Look, I've, you know, when you look at most of these government employees, they work nine to five and they're done. Most of them are bureaucrats or incompetent. Most people going to government are incompetent, okay? So there's not really that much to worry about. But what they do do is, over the last 50 years, particularly in the United States, with the entertainment community, with Hollywood, with the billionaire worship, people do not want to build bottoms up movements anymore. They do not want to talk to their neighbors. And they do not want to think. So the first thing is, there is a methodology of thinking, and that's called system science. That's the first thing we have to do. There was a time when people used to learn how to think when they worked with their hands and they did stuff. You know, It was natural. So we have to do that, which is what we're doing with Truth, Freedom, Health. The second thing is you realize that when you look at any problem, any situation, there's the real problem, there's a fake problem. So with the election system stuff, for example, you know, I never wanted to get into it. I got into it because what occurred in my elections and I figured out there were real issues like ballot images being destroyed, like the signature verification and chain of custody. A bunch of grifters came along and all of our work, which was very foundational stuff, they started grifting up. I mean, the, Trump made a half a billion dollars off of our work. You know, I, I did stuff in Arizona. I got invited to do stuff in other parts of the country. Some places I didn't find any fraud and people got pissed off with me. Well, I didn't find shit and people wanted me to make up shit. But the reality is when you look at election systems, there are real issues that are still not been resolved because the grifters on the right polluted it with garbage. And I believe they're part of the intelligence agencies. And they created the conditions that those on the left could attack them. This has occurred with every fundamental issue, with climate, quote unquote, science, with the issues on healthcare, education. There are foundational systems issues. And then the left and the right never want to solve the real problem, Jim. So it's not the intelligence communities. It is us as everyday working people. We are going to have to put in a little bit of time. We're going to all learn how to think and learn the science of systems. We have to, again, the future, I believe, is really offline. We have to connect with neighbors and we have to build these bottoms up movements, Jim. That is the future. But I'll tell you, these intelligence guys aren't that bright. Most of them come out of uh, England right now, but they're pretty easy to beat once you understand the methodologies that they use. Well, what's scaring me right now is they're moving hoof and mouth disease research to Manhattan, Kansas, in the center of the community, center of the uh, center of the United States, rather than where it was in Plum Island, New York. And they're now vaccinating well, the bees. I mean, they kill yeah, off the land look, of milk and honey. Yeah, look, so if you look at what's happened with the entire bee stuff, it started with 
the uh, genetic, first of all, started with Roundup, okay, with Monsanto, which, by the way, Republicans and Democrats supported, both of them. So if anyone hears the Republicans and Democrats, you got to get the fuck out of this left-right bullshit. Both Republicans and Democrats were part of engineering Monsanto, which basically fucks over all the farmers in the, in the, in the world right now. So once they created Roundup, you know, and they quote unquote had the weed killer, then some of the plants were also dying from the weeds. And they said, oh, we're going to create the seeds, which will withstand our weed killer. Right, Jim? And that led into creating uh, the Roundup Ready soybeans and, you know, these genetically modified uh, seeds, um, which they can license. And then what our research discovered, and by the way, we wrote five papers on this back in 2014. We expose what actually goes on when the genetic engineering takes place. And Joe Rogan was notified of this, and he's another fucking grifter, didn't do anything about it, had the pro-Monsanto guys on, and then he grifts, acts like he's anti-vaccine. So you have all these guys who never address the issues, and I think he's part of the government intelligence network, okay? But the fundamental issue is the reason they needed to um, do the neonicotinoids in the bees uh, for uh, uh, of the of the seeds was that the seeds were actually weaker when the genetic engineering took place, and that affected the bees. So it's an entire food chain. But ultimately, Jim, I think we have to educate people instead of getting involved. I mean, you could go down all these rabbit holes and you don't solve anything. The ultimate thing is follow the fucking money. Pfizer was going down the tubes, sixty five billion in two thousand and ten, and they were down to. 40 billion in 2020, 25 billion dollar rev top line revenue. Trump caved in and he made sure they made 80 billion in 2021. That was because of Trump's policies. And by 2022, they're going to make 100 billion. Follow the money. I always tell people, yeah, people say, "Oh, Dr. Shiva, can you look at these graphenes and the vaccines and and I really think there's a bunch of bullshit out there so we don't look at the big elephant in the room." Hey, Pfizer was going down the tubes. All the pharma guys were going down the tubes because their entire model of drug development was failing. They needed the vaccines through warp speed so they could double their revenues. That's what happened, Jim. Anyway, I, I invite everyone. Thank you very much. To, sure. I invite everyone to keep the eye on the ball because the left and the right wing are two wings of the same establishment. Every issue pro and anti, right? So the election situation became pro-election fraud, anti-election fraud. Everyone, for it's an actually an American issue. Real stuff got thrown under the wings. And a lot of really, really crazy people enter these movements and they pollute them and because they don't have any systems understanding. So the knowledge of systems, which we can te teach to anyone, and I recommend everyone to come tomorrow, vashiva.com slash orientation. I recommend everyone to learn the science of systems. I recommend everyone to become um, your own teachers, your own gurus, uh, but with this foundational knowledge. So with that said, I hope this was valuable and uh, we'll do it again. Uh, my email address is vashiva at vashiva.com and you can go to vashiva.com slash orientation or go to truthfreedomhealth.com to know more. Anyway, everyone, uh, have a good night and be the light and uh, let's build a bottoms up movement. And thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share.